Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. Um, he's sick. I'm taking the day off. Now get dressed and come on over. You can't stoop it, I'm sick. It's an RJ free pod. Let that be a warning to you. There, it's all the kids are out and just doing our thing. Uh, RJ sick this week, but he did send in his picks. So he's, he, I mean, he came off a four in one week last week. Fez off a four in one week. I don't like to brag. I'm coming off a five and zero week, and I think we're feeling confident. We're feeling strong. Uh, I like the pod this week. I, I, I like the discussion. I like the breakdowns of the games. We've got a couple of agreements, a couple of a uh, couple crossfire action going on. So they've got a great deal for you though right now at pregame.com, and it's the bulk dollar deal. Fifty bucks gets you a hundred bucks plus holiday weekend access for just ninety nine dollars. And here's how you do it. Go to pregame.com. Here's some pros of interest. Look at that, Fez. You see who's on the pros of interest list? Tell me. Greg Shaker, 58 units. The man with the big hat. Since December started. In what sport? All sports. Since the start of December. 58 units. This December. This December. Nice. You know who's second? This guy. A.J. Hoffman. A.J. Hoffman, plus 25 units. You know, I'm gonna since RJ's not here, I'll take a, a few liberties because many have asked me who would I go with in if you're looking to purchase, maybe someone you haven't played before. I am gonna guarantee, get this, if you go ahead and purchase AJ Hoffman, he will turn a profit in college football and college basketball combined, both of them, get both of them. And if you bet them, get his package and you bet them and he does not document to turn a profit. I'm gonna buy you dinner. All like you gotta that. do is show me show me documentation. You bought both, and I'm not just gonna Scott. I'm not just gonna take them to like, you know, the uh, the 4.99 mm-hmm. breakfast special with the pass. Um, I'm gonna take them to a nice dinner in Vegas. I may well get a comp. Yeah, but that's, that's none of their problem. Ex- exactly right. You know what? They're gonna be buying me dinner after likely how many units you win the the hand the handicapper in collegiate sports. They am most confident will win. Is indeed AJ Hoff. Thank you, Fezzik. That means a lot to me. Uh, it was a good good year for uh, UFC as well. So um, I, I'm happy. And obviously, the NFL has been very good to me uh, for a while now. So I, I don't know if that's sustainable. Certainly not 69% sustainable, but uh, happy that we're having a good run. Uh, but here's the deal 100% bonus on your bulk dollar money. You can spend it any way you want. And if you want to use it on someone's all access, boom, it's easy. 100% bonuses almost always require like a big cash commitment they'll be like you can if you buy a thousand in bulk dollars you get two thousand well here they're doing it a little different it's a limited time special double your buying power with just a fifty dollar commitment what's the max i think right now it's just fifty dollars okay i don't know for sure it doesn't say here but fifty dollars gets you a hundred in bulk dollars and you can use them for additional savings on discounted subscriptions. That includes the holiday weekend all access from whoever your favorite pro is. Uh, that's available for just 99 bucks. So you can basically get that $99 all access holiday weekend for 50 bucks. If you use the 50 to get 100, you use that 100 on the all access and you've got a uh, you've got one bulk dollar remaining. You're either on the inside or you're on the outside. Let's face it. McDonald's, I'm on the outside. I don't have the McDonald's app. And they tell me I'm a donkey. Be on the inside. Be on the inside. 
Here's how you do it. Go to pregame.com, click on buy picks, add the 50, gets you a hundred bulk dollars package to your shopping cart. Your bulk dollars become available immediately after purchase and they spend just like cash waiting in your shopping cart to be applied to any and all future purchases. And guess what the best part is? They never, ever expire. When do they ever, never, ever. Do you not understand? And while you're there. If you die, do they carry over to your? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, but there is still the, uh, the the college football bowl bash bonanza contest going on. 500 cash plus 500 pregame bulk dollars for first place. Top 10 places win. You're running out of time on this. Uh, first place, 500 cash and 500 bulk dollars. Second place, 300 cash and 300 pregame bulk dollars. Third, third place is 250 bulk dollars. Fourth through 10th are $100. Sides and totals only. 20 pick minimum. 50 pick maximum. Net profit is the winner. You still have enough time with those mins and maxes. I mean, you might have to double up on some sides and totals in games, in bowl games, but you can still get in there. They're still rolling. There's still time to joy. It's free to enter, so join today. That's only at pregame.com. I think you guys, I think you're going to enjoy the show. We had a good time, and uh, hopefully got some winners. Week. 16, R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. I'm A.J. Hoffman, not R.J. Bell. You're probably saying, where's R.J.? Where's R.J.? He's not here. He's sick. Or at least, like, phlegmy. Coffee. He's not He's not well enough to do the show. Too not, much information. Not conducive to talking <laughs> for a long period of time. Right. But, as you just heard... Steve Fezzik, Scott Seidenberger here. It's a miniature wise guy roundtable. Seidenberger? Seidenberger. Seidenberger. Someone call it a a, a triangle. A triangle. A a wise guy triangle table. Hmm. Uh, And we have a special guest in studio. Dan came all the way from Texas, from Houston. And guess what? Before I worked here, he had no idea who I was. I worked in Houston for, I don't know, like... uh, I guess eleven years, something. I'm like guessing that. you probably did ads for a car dealership, a pizzeria, and a bar. I had the number one rated sports show for like probably a half the time that I worked there. How many of those did I match? He on? had no idea who I was. How many advertisers I match on? Hold on, you had car dealership, yep. yes. Pizza, no on pizza. Bar, bar, yes. Yeah. Brewery, even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that boy. No pizza, though. No. Just to, just but, to show you, those ratings don't mean anything. <laughs> I couldn't get my own damn pizza sponsor. Mm. Uh, but Carbach was so good to me that I had a kegerator at my house. And if I said, hey, boys, I'm having some people over this weekend. Can you hook me up? Not only would they, instead of, like, they wouldn't just give me, like, a case of beer. They would give me a keg of beer and say, yeah, have a good time. So there was always a keg on tap at my house. Then when I'd go to the river. I go to the river once, you know, every summer. I used to. Anyway. River and beer, they go together well. Oh my Not gosh. a health hazard. It was at all. literally like a pallet of beer they give me. We're talking like 30 cases of beer. Do you, like, you know how hard it is to drink 30 cases of beer in a week? It's very difficult. And the, the alternative is like not drinking it. So, mm-hmm. there challenge you go. accepted. Challenge accepted. Uh, me and my brother have, um, we've, we've done damage on, on that river. That's beside the point, though. Uh, but Dan is in studio watching the magic happen, 
and uh, probably at least quietly excited that RJ didn't come here while he was coughing and phlegmy. Nobody wants that. No, like he's Nobody not- wants to go home for Christmas all coffee and phlegmy. Exactly. Okay. We're not going to beat around the bush. We're going to get right to it, and we'll start with it was a good week for the pod last week. Uh, if you flip over the to the results of last week, Fez, you'll see that R.J. Bell went 4-1. and one. I, of course, went 5-0 and oh, again. Yawn. Uh, Scott split. What's your, what's your year-to-date record, AJ? It is 51-23-2. So the reason I bring that up is that that's 28 games above 500, which currently places you fourth in the Circa Millions. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, that would have been fun. If only, like, I don't know. If, if only you had access to my picks every week, you could be in fourth in Circa Millions. Oh, wait. So now we know. He's now in second. Now we know. <laughs> I am in fourth with the oh, second. Oh, okay. so, above 500. <laughs> interesting. I, I guarantee you go through all the picks Fez has made all year. It's just my picks from it's the that pod. Easy. It's as easy as that. He knows that he's Wednesday bad. I'm Wednesday good. You're Wednesday good. Uh, by the way, 51 and 23 for the season. 69%. Nice. nice. I stepped on Scott, um, who is 44 and 28. Scott, 44 and 28. What for place would I be at, Circa? You would be not even sniffing the money. Really? Yeah. Sorry. All right. Well, that's why I didn't enter. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good call by you. Yeah. Uh, and Fez with a four and one week on the pod as well. I'm just trying to get back to 500. This was a Wednesday, Wednesday good. Yeah, I'm just trying this to Wednesday. get back to Wednesday 500. I'm, you know why this Wednesday was good for you? I took your plays. We had the same five weight and the same <laughs> four weight. <laughs> and Does look it bother at Fez. You? All of a sudden, it's like, bingo. Does it bother you, though, that... You went three and two in the contest, but you went four and one on the pod. I'm th- no, because I'm thirty three and thirty eight. Well, I'm just saying for last pod. week specifically. Like, no, was there one play that you could have made that you like you you made it on the pod that you didn't take in your five picks in oh, circa? I'm still lamenting why the hell I played the Giants. Um, so that'll hopefully that'll cost me five hundred thousand. And in an ideal <laughs> world, I would love nothing more than to come in and say, "Yeah, Houston uh, not kicking the extra point and Jacksonville going for two, and or." Uh, me stupidly taking the Giants cost me 500k. Would three and two this week be a disappointment? To yeah, you? yeah. I was like, the, the thing is, with this many people, and we're all you know bundled together, that you're. Um, I know three and two is going to keep me in the money and keep me in the top ten, but, but it's, it's not going to get you. It's, give it's you a not going to get me. It's I'm going to fall out of the top it's, five. It's, it's got to be it. four and one. It's got to yeah. be at least four and one. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I could do two three and twos and a four and one will probably keep me you know fourth. But if I want to if I want to get to second or third, I gotta I gotta I gotta rock and roll here. Okay. Well, uh, how do you feel about the card overall this week? Oh, I hate it because oh. Wednesday bad. But <laughs> I mean that's that's. But you'll true. see. Hopefully, you'll see something by Saturday. That's true every Wednesday. It's like like I'm the guy that literally I say this is the day I listen to all these content providers blow smoke up everyone's ass and he's say talking, he's talking about me right now and clearly. say no no everyone but us <laughs> where they all say like oh they, here's the plan I like it up to minus one twenty I've gotten into fights over this on the internet. And I'm like, you know, the the you and your 20 guys, if I put all you guys together, you're hitting 51%. I don't think it's okay to lay up to minus 105. So I wouldn't lay $1.10 and I wouldn't lay minus $1.20. It's not, it is, I rest assured, it is not up to minus 120 unless it's A.J. Hoffman's plays. And then it's up, it's good up to minus 200. Yeah. The past I mean, two it's years. just, it doesn't really matter because, 
Don't I am, pay the VIG I when am you lose. just that good. You don't pay VIG when you lose, Scott. Two-year mm. record, 66%. Uh, I mean, that's the minus 200. Yeah, I, I don't like to. I don't like to toot my own horn except when I do. Uh, RJ will be glad that I tooted my own horn, though. So, you know what this got... reminds me of that movie Stir Crazy, where the where Gene Wilder like takes the bull up to six, and the other guy's trying to justify like like their in-house you know bull rider. And like, and and the head guy says, "Louis never got it past a four. And and like the the, the Louis proponents, like, well, Louis had a lot of injuries. That's right. <laughs> you know. All right, let's jump into this week's games, uh, and we will. I'll have uh, RJ's picks for you at the end of the pod. Uh, don't have them yet. He has told me he will text them and get them to me. So that we should have something for you by the time we wrap this thing up. So let's start with Fez, who gets the honors around this place as the uh, the senior man. Fez, where are you going for your five-weight game? I am going to the very capable Cleveland Browns and their god-awful quarterback, Flacco. Lane, the two and a half. Okay. Good team, Cleveland. This is my four-weight, Fez, by the way. Outstanding. Bad quarterback. I've got Cleveland rated one point better than average. But you know what? I got Houston uh, without Stroud, and you know he's not going to play almost for sure now, right? Has that been confirmed, or is it just very likely? It's, it's very likely. The fact that he still hasn't practiced uh, is basically saying he's not even cleared to practice yet. It's I'd say at this point it's ninety percent. So I'm very confident that Houston, my rating, I have them with their backup quarterback. Doesn't matter if it's Mills. Or Case Keenum, minus three and a half. So Cleveland's four and a half better. One and a half for home field. Boom. We're on. It should be three. And we're laying two and a half. It's crystal clear, clean, 55%. And I'm not A.J. Hoffman hitting, you know, 67% of my plays here on this spot. 69, but that's okay. I'll take uh, 67% over the last two years. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, right. I will uh, be happy with 55%, and I will lay the two and a half on a game that should be three. Yeah, uh, listen, that was a nice win for for Case Keenum last week, but now he's got to do it against the best defense in the NFL. The fact that you said the Browns are, you said, one point better than average, and then you consider the quarterback play they've gotten this season, when does that happen? When does a team that's gotten the Browns quarterback play from this season, when are they ever an above-average team? Uh, the year Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl. <laughs> that's about it, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> I'm telling you, this is an extraordinary Browns defense. Like the fact that they are a, a, a almost a sure playoff team at this point, with a combo of bad Deshaun Watson, Dorian Thompson Robinson, horrific PJ Walker, and geriatric Joe Flacco, and this team's probably going to win ten games. The Four Horsemen. I mean, I love it. Um, Texan, the Texans are just not good without Stroud, and they 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 didn't have Collins. Uh, they look pretty. What did they look pretty good against Tennessee? No, I agree. No, they didn't look good. They but I mean they won. But they won a coin flip. It, yeah, Tennessee looked awful too. Uh, Nico Collins did not practice today. That's not a good sign. But they're already without Tank Dell. No Nico Collins at practice. No Noah Brown at practice. So that's their number two and three wide receivers. Well, don't worry. Their number four probably practiced right. John Mechie. No, he didn't practice either today. The Texans are just beat up at God, the wrong I hope, time. I hope the practice squad guys didn't, like, check out. I hope they're close by. I don't know. Here's the problem, though, for Case Keenum. And I like Case Keenum. He's an affable fellow. He's a guy that I want to cheer for. Local boy. Yep. And I, I want to see him have success. And he had a, he's had a good run of success in his career. And I, we can all say, hey, man, hell of a run you've had there, Case. He holds the ball so dang long. He got sacked four times last week. 
And that was against Tennessee, who's got a very, very average pass rush. In fact, they were missing Simmons, so they had a below-average pass rush. Now he's going to look across the line, and he's going to see Mr. Miles Garrett. And I promise you Mr. Miles Garrett is going to give you less time than those Tennessee Titans did, and it is going to get ugly. The number one pass rush per PFF. And to be fair, Joe Flacco was holding on to the ball too long last week as well, and that led to three turnovers but he's finding a way to win games. And it took so much going wrong for the Texans to win last week. I don't think they can sustain this respectable level of play without C.J. Stroud. And I, I just think the Brett, like, when if you said that this was the line with the with Deshaun Watson against C.J. Stroud at the beginning of the year, I'd say, yeah, that's probably about right. Like, we... If you said week five, this was the sure, this was the line. That. Yeah, this seems like about the right line, right? Yeah, I I think that we've seen what Deshaun Watson is compared to the drop off to these other backup quarterbacks. The level of play for the Browns has held much steadier than I think it's is even possible for these Houston Texans. So Cleveland minus two and a half uh, is my four weight. The one concern that I have is that the Browns defense just doesn't travel, and no what doubt, have, what have we seen this year at home? They allow 13.1 points per game. That is the best mark in the NFL. On the road, they allow 30.7 points per game. That is the worst mark in the NFL. Texans team total in this game is right around 22 and a half. All six of Cleveland's opponents on the road have topped that number. Now, I know it's not C.J. Stroud, but for some reason, Cleveland gets off the plane and they don't know how to play defense. And if that holds true here in this one, I think that the Texans are going to be able to score. Well, it probably helps that it's not going to be 36 degrees with 35-mile-an-hour winds inside the dome there. That, that's but that helps, helps offense, not defense. Yes. Yeah. But let's also remember that even in the – like the, the Cleveland Browns won at Baltimore. They gave up a shit ton of points. Yeah. But they won the game. They found the way to win the game. I think the same was the Colts. It was at the Colts game that was like a 40 to 39 or something like that. It was just a shootout, but they found a way to win. Um, you're right. That That's my biggest concern for them is the defense has not traveled well. But that seems less sticky to me than but like think, think of like a, a quarterback it, playing poorly on the road or, yeah. or something like that. Well, you just mentioned uh, two indoor games, one against the Colts where they gave up 38 points and then one against the Rams where they gave up 36 yeah, this is a team that maybe they're maybe they're just aided by the elements. It's been a rainy fall in the, on the East Coast. Uh, well, for everyone really. Hmm. Yeah, entirely possible. Um, all right, let's go to my five weight, which is the Minnesota Vikings plus three at home against the Detroit Lions, and I think Minnesota is just being undervalued here. The these two def- defenses are. Ships passing in the night, Fez. Let's start with the power ratings. Where do you have this game power rated? Three. I've got Detroit four points better than an average team, and I have Minnesota the eight of clubs. You have them average. Yeah. The Vikings are up to number five in defensive DVOA. I think the Vikings are better than people think. I do. I mean, I think that, and I, I bet your power rankings display this. Go, read, read me like the top 10 of your power ratings, just real quick. Well, it's like everyone's power ratings. Let, let me start by saying I'm guessing that every one of these teams has had like 
80 to 90% or more of their starting quarterback starts this year. San Fran, Baltimore, Dallas, KC, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit, Philly. Uh, what do those teams have in common? Quarterbacks. Their quarterbacks have been playing all season long. Yes. Then, and, and then I'm guessing the next crop of teams are the teams that have been very good but have lost their quarterback. Sure, we got Cleveland, we got Seattle, uh-huh. we got Jacksonville with a banged-up quarterback, the Bengals, uh-huh. and yeah. New Orleans. And, and the Vikings. Yes. And it makes sense. I mean, if you've got your starting quarter, I mean, where would the where would the Vikings be if they had Kirk Cousins? Think about how Kirk Cousins was playing. They'd probably be six, seven. Cousins was like two points better than an average quarterback, and now they're going, you know, and now they're like minus three. So yeah, they would be like they'd be like the sixth best team. Yeah. Yep. Uh, um, Is Cousins back for this game? No, he's not. Unfortunately, it's I, I hear he might be available for the Super Bowl. Uh, maybe he will be. Um, Good luck with that. So when I was looking at the the DVOA for the defense, the Vikings are fifth. The, the Vikings are right there with Cleveland, Baltimore, and the Jets as the only teams who are top 10 in the league on against both the pass and the run. And this is what really sold me on the Vikings. Obviously, the Vikings continue to blitz at the highest rate in the league by far. Jared Goff continues to struggle against the blitz. Goff, as he grades on PFF, as the best quarterback in the league when not blitzed. Number one, hmm. when he is blitzed, 29th. And I was like, man, how, I wonder how many times Goff has seen a Brian Flores defense. And I went back to 2020 when he was with the, uh, with the Rams. And Flores was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Jared Goff had two interceptions and a QBR of 8.5 hmm. in that game against the Dolphins. And I said, well, I wonder if there's – think back to – and then I said, oh, wait. Brian Flores was a defensive coach for the Patriots when they played in the Super Bowl against the Rams. And we all know Jared Goff, four sacks, a pick, and a 16 QBR. They put up three points in that game. I think Brian Flores knows how to play Jared Goff. He is the Goff kryptonite. Uh, the, the only thing worse for Jared Goff is outside. That's the only thing worse than going against yes. Brian Flores is playing a football game outside. Well, this game's indoors. So yeah, yeah. Uh, wait, now, imagine if they played Brian Flores outside. Oh, God. It'd, yeah. be, a, it'd be a nightmare. Um, but I think you I think you get a desperate Vikings team here. They lost a game. I would wait on this. I think you're going to get three and a half. You think so? Yeah, the line's currently okay. like 3.15s, trending upwards. I think we're going to see three and a half. I, I think they lost a game last week that they should have won. And now they're in they, that. They they won the stats against the Bengals. They're in that big pile of seven and seven NFC teams, and there's also an injury that the Vikings have that I think is great news. Alexander Madison didn't practice again. They're starting running back. This is the best thing that could happen mm-hmm. to the Vikings because we saw last week, Scott. How how long have I been saying they need to stop letting Alexander Madison touch the football? Listen, I've had Ty Chandler on my fantasy bench for a long time, and I was thrilled last week when he finally got the start because he blew up. 132 yards and a touchdown on 5.7 yards per carry last there week. There you go, fresh that, legs. That is good. Um, and Justin Jefferson looked solid in his return. Opened up for Jordan Addison to get some good production. Mullins threw a couple picks, but he wasn't awful. And I still think this Vikings team is playoff caliber, and this is a game they need to have. So give me the uh, the Vikings plus three 
for my five weight. So here's a nugget on uh, just the under in this game. So the Vikings are, are an under team. They're 10-4 and four to the under this season. And, yeah, A.J., all the reasons you talk about Brian Flores and what he's done and then what he could do to this Jared Goff uh, team. Total in this game is 46.5. Both of these teams played on Saturday, meaning they've had an extra day of rest to play in this game. This season, when both teams are on seven days rest, the under is 7-3. and three. Now, if you go back to 2021, when both teams are on this, the extra day of rest, 22 and 13 to the under. So something with the. Uh, what if we go back 10 years? If we you go, knew I was going to ask you that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you want to go back to, let's say, 20. You pick it. Oh, uh, well, 2013? You pick it. 59 and 51. Okay. I, see, I would. And this is the sort of thing, magic, magically, we saw my cousin Vinny, right? You know, where it's like, maybe, maybe they're magic, you know, grits that can cook in five mm-hmm. minutes. It's like maybe the laws of physics, you know, ceased to exist in 2020 and the NFL completely changed. And suddenly seven days rest became so much more critical post COVID, the COVID um, impact on players, but more likely probably the 10 year sample. So the fact that it's plus eight is good, but it's certainly not statistically significant. But all things being equal, it absolutely supports your point. I would argue I'd much rather – I don't care about a 10-0 and 0 or a 14-2. and 2. I, All I care about is the plus eight over the, since, over the longer sample. Yeah, and then this season the Vikings 12-1-1 to the first quarter under Ooh. this season. So they do not score early, but they also do not let up points early. Something to think about. The thing that worries me about an under is, I, like, I think – all of all of the reason I think the Lions are overrated is I, I just think their defense is bad, like particularly against the pass. And Goff they, is bad in the in the elements. Yeah. So this probably would not be the time to no, to. But this is out indoors. This is an indoor game. Yeah. But it, it, yeah, to, that that worries me. Like because what I think that's what he's saying is like that's a reason why the under would would scare me some is because. Mm. The reason to devalue them is because they're like, oh, well, Goff, Goff isn't that good yeah, outside. So this, that, that this, hurts their overall power rating. This season, when playing indoors, whether home or on the road, the Lions are averaging 32 points per game. Yeah. That's what worries me about yeah. uh, playing an under in this game. And the Lions have played four games this year as road favorites, um, or five games as road favorites, four and one, straight up in ATS. Hmm. Well, it's not just me that has a best bet on the Vikings, apparently. The Hitman also has his best bet on Minnesota plus three. Let's hear from the Hitman. Best bet, Vikings plus three, even money. We've spoke on past winning best bets about Jared Goff's struggles against cover two defenses. The Vikings are running the most cover two in the NFL, and Goff year-to-date is 55% completions for 4.7 yards per attempt, zero touchdowns, and three interceptions versus that coverage. Goff shouldn't have the luxury of a dominant running game either if he struggles through the air. This Vikings defense is fifth in yards per carry allowed to opposing running backs on the season. On the other side of the ball, this Lions defense is the third worst in yards per attempt allowed to opposing quarterbacks over their last eight games, and Nick Mullins showed to be more than capable last week of orchestrating this Vikings offense with the second-highest success rate of any Vikings quarterback all year, completing 80% of his passes for 9.2 yards per attempt. Lions very likely win the NFC North, but I think it's a good chance it's not on Sunday. Best bet, Vikings plus three, even money. So Hitman and I look like we're on the same page. A lot of the uh, the same stuff there for you know what we're what we're thinking about these two teams. So uh, it's always good to have a little um, little backup. I appreciate it from the Hitman. All right, let's move to Scott's five weight. 
And I have a, a little baby one weight on this game, but it is a, uh, a double like here. Scott, where are we going for your five weight? The Pittsburgh Steelers catching two against the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'll ask you guys just this straight up question. When is the time that you want to bet on Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers? When everybody thinks that they suck, when they are a dog, when they are a dog at home in division. When they've uh, lost three straight games and yeah, they're coming are, off an embarrassment. Those are the times. No doubt. This is when you want to back Mike Tomlin. In their last 30 games as a home underdog, the Pittsburgh Steelers are 20 wins, six losses, four pushes against the spread. When allowing 30 points or more, Mike Tomlin responds the following week, going 26-10-1 ATS. When failing to cover a spread by a touchdown or more, Mike Tomlin responds the next week going 43-28-1 against the spread. When they lose by double digits, the Steelers under Mike Tomlin are 22-12 against the spread the following week. My concern. If there's any coach in the NFL that gets his team in a bounce-back spot, it's Mike Tomlin. My concern with all these 43-28s and 28 is they're also 0-2 based upon the last two weeks where they obviously have massively— They were in the same spot, yeah. Under, well, they weren't at home as a dog. But they, didn't, but they didn't give up 30 points. They, but they uh, did fail miserably against the spread three straight games. So, yes. So, so they certainly were in a bounce back two weeks ago, and they were in a huge bounce back last week, and they got their teeth kicked in. Now this is the time I want to back them, though, mm-hmm. because— Conversation about George Pickens uh, not blocking, people criticizing the toughness of this Steelers team, the playoffs slipping through their fingertips, and I think it's just the ultimate sell-high spot on the Cincinnati Bengals, who, yeah, have looked good with Jake Browning. They've won three straight games with them, but he's still not Joe Burrow. This is still a division game on the road. And I, I just I just think it's a buy low sell high spot here. I for, agree. The spot for the Steelers is outstanding. against the Bengals. I, I make the game three from a power rating perspective, but I love the spot for the Steelers, and I hate the spot for the Bengals. So often you see the the fallen star idea. Burrow goes down, the whole team plays harder, and Browning has a couple great games, but Browning is not Burrow. And I've got the Bengals rated as an average team right now. Pittsburgh well below average, and I think that might be. Optimistic. And now, Bengals coming off overtime as well. How yeah. many? Uh, how many guys? What's your current number on non-quarterbacks being worth at least a point? Oh, you know, I don't have a, an updated list. I mean, they're I a mean, handful. Chase, I mean, obviously Chase would be one of them. D- so. so is he counted into that? What you said, you'd make it three? Uh no. So without Chase, that immediately gets us to two. Okay. Yeah. Because that's. That's some of what pushed me to Pittsburgh. The first, Jamar Chase, not having him on the field, lets teams shift their best coverage to Higgins. And Boyd, who was so good last year, has mm-hmm. been basically a ghost this season. Terrible passer. Too. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it, the other injury is DJ Reader, who that's a huge. is not a big name, uh, obviously, or not as big a name. But we're talking about a team that's already 29th against the run. Now playing without their best run-stopping nose tackle. We got to tease the hell out of Pittsburgh. We should just tease Pittsburgh to every yes, game. What could possibly go wrong? And, and I don't love Mason Rudolph, but man, getting getting Mitch Trubisky off the field can't be a bad thing at this point. Mm. He has been so bad. I actually think it's going to be an upgrade. I think it might be. And but I, here's what I will say: there is sort of the free roll factor that Kenny Pickett might play. Kenny Pickett was a limited participant at practice today. I I don't think Rudolph is. I think Trubisky's significantly better, but the team will play harder. 
I think so. They have no, I, yeah. they have no confidence. Like we saw that with New England when they put Zappy and he stinks, but they you know, yeah, but you also, get the but also Rudolph's been there forever. So, you know, he, he's they kept him around he's for one a reason. Of them. Exactly. They've kept him around for a reason. Is he? And I think is there, he based <laughs> on his history. And I think there is some Jake Browning regression coming. He, he, That's why I said it's the sell high spot. His worst game as a starter. Came against these Steelers. He wasn't even point. that good Fez, when he got you, to be an upperclassman of Washington. Fez, would you call this the timber moment for Jake Browning and the Bengals as a two-point favorite on the road in Pittsburgh? Yeah, it seems almost like they're getting priced like a Burrow line. You yeah. Know? Yep. So. And, and let's face it, how lucky was Cincy to beat Jacksonville? I think very lucky. Mm-hmm. They were even lucky. I mean, remember, it took Trevor Lawrence getting hurt and a missed field goal for them to beat Jacksonville. And I think they were even luckier last week. Oh, they got like, outplayed by the Vikings. Everything had to go right for them to win. Got last lucky week. to beat Seattle. Yep. And remember I, the Seattle in the red zone all those times. I, I think this is just—it's too good of a spot to pass on for Pittsburgh. So, so last year in Pittsburgh, uh, it was well, it was a bad Steelers team, but it was uh, Bengals. Well, I can't even pull up the spread here, but I was trying to compare spreads. We know that they were two and a half point dogs at home, but that was Browning's first start. I also like the fact that. Since he just beat Pittsburgh um, four weeks ago, mm-hmm. so you got a situation where the Bengals, you know, pulled the upset, um, and now we, we, you know, we 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 go ahead and flip it around, and now Pittsburgh returns the favor. All right, let's go to the next game, Fez. Your four weight. Where are you headed? I am headed towards the Tennessee Titans plus two and a half, and this is all about. I expect it to be Tannehill. So if it's not Tannehill, it's a terrible bet. And it seems to be trending in that direction. And I have Tennessee a two-point upgrade with Tannehill. And I have Seattle in a terrible spot. Saved the season with Drew Locke. Um, and now, uh, you know, obviously I expect Gino to come back for this game. But a short week for Seattle and flying across the country. Now, I get it. Pete Carroll and company have been great flying across the country, uh, playing in the East in the past. But um, I still think Tennessee – is a capable team with Tannehill, with or without Derrick Henry. So because of that um, uh, value plus two and a half. But you know what? It's al- it, it's almost on three, and I think the plus threes just aren't going to come. So Tennessee with Tannehill. What makes you like Tannehill more than Will? Like you would like you would you're saying Tannehill's a two point upgrade over healthy Will Levis? Yep. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if I if I agree with that because like. What we saw of Tannehill this year was so much worse than what we've seen of Will Levis. And I'm not saying, I mean, I I generally want to side with you and say, yeah, I want the veteran guy more, but Tannehill looked, I mean, as washed as he could be. What are they paying Tannehill? He's the highest paid quarterback in the league this year. So they're just complete dummies? They they gave him that contract? I I mean, it's the last year of the contract, and the Mm -hmm. way the contract was structured made him it it was set up where they were going to look like dummies for sure this that, season. That's a good point. Um I I'm I'm not sold at all on Levis and I know I know he's a gunslinger. He's had good games, he's had bad games, but um the having watched all the Houston game, um I was I was not impressed. The thing that would terrify me in your spot is well, there's two, there's a couple things. Will Levis, yeah, he went to the podium today. And they said they asked him if he planned on playing, and he said, "I'm not going to practice this week. I un, I have a good enough grasp of the system right now that if on game day I test it out and I'm good, I'm going to play." 
Yeah, I'm not betting this until Tannehill's in the okay. next game. Yeah, so that, I'm putting a caveat on this okay. as far as my personal bet. But, I mean, it's Wednesday bad. I'm making Wednesday bad. I, I, I got to give the best I can in terms of betting advice. The other thing that worries me is that neither one of them play. Mm. Oh, I, I, I and pretty much that was addressed today, that they said um, – the coaching staff said that – Ryan Tannehill is going to be the guy? Yeah, it will not be Willis. Okay. Cause, yeah, that, that terrifies me. Too. Yeah, that would be a disaster. So here's an interesting nugget. If you're on the road on short rest, which the Seahawks are, and you won your previous game as an underdog, so you weren't expected to win that game, the following week you're 25 and 44 straight up, and that goes back to 2012, Fez, so it's 20 years. Mm -hmm. And I guess the theory behind that is you were not expected to win last week, okay? There's probably been a market adjustment on you based off your win as an underdog last week, but you're in a bad travel spot because you're on the road and on short rest. Mm -hmm. And this is the come back to earth moment, and that's why you're seeing them go 36% straight up. And against the spread, they're 32 and 37, so it's 46.4. But I think that this might be a come back down moment for Seattle. Oh, no no question at all. You know, I mean, they they, they had to tear down the goalpost moment. But yeah. here, here's the other thing, and if so, if Levis doesn't play or if he's hobbled, it minimizes Seattle's biggest weakness, which is the secondary, because whatever you think of Willis versus Tannehill, Willis is or uh, excuse me, uh, Levis versus Tannehill, Levis is certainly more of a willing downfield thrower at this point, so it it, it doesn't hurt Seattle as much where they're weak, and it takes it minimizes the Titans' biggest offensive strength, which at this point is DeAndre Hopkins. And the other thing is the Titans are beat up on the defensive front right now. Uh, Simmons, who's their best their best defensive player, isn't playing. They just outright released Tart, who's their best run stopper. I don't know really why they did that, but they just said bye. And this is the other thing. The Titans are eliminated from the playoffs. That that loss to the Texans is that, is that not a dream crusher? No, the Titans were supposed to win seven games. I, I mean, I I I I think the Titans are a bread and butter lunch pail team that isn't going to like react to you know not being able to make the playoffs. Maybe I'm wrong. And for I mean the the, the fact that Derrick Henry's you know is going to sit you know speaks to your point. Though. Yeah, and and for Seattle, had they lost that game that they were supposed to lose last week to Philly, I mean they they'd be up against it. Let's face it. I think they've got new life. I think suddenly they're like, okay, we're not dead. Because hmm. if they – I mean, that would have been, what, four out of five that they'd lost? Had yeah, they I'm, lost? Yeah, Seattle's clearly not dead. In the NFC, they're right there with the other contenders. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I feel like they're from a motivation standpoint, like you said, I mean, Derrick Henry's just like – I don't know if he even wants to be on the team anymore. I don't know if Ryan Tannehill wants to be on the team anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they were ta- he kind of – denied uh, the allegations that he was requesting to be cut or mm-hmm. be released. But I just I worry a little bit about the, the the momentum of these two teams headed in different directions. It just feels like the, the Titans are like, would you agree that you, even though you like Tennessee here, you're less inclined to play them in a teaser because don't you think their motivation could put them as a high variance team? Yes. And quarterback questions could put them in the high variance team. And the fact the line's 2.6. So taking plus two and a half on the line's 2.6 is, is not ideal, but um, well, it's not ideal for the teaser or for the, or for the side. I'm, I'm, I'm like I said, don't bet this until you know, Tannehill's starting. All right, let's move on. And we've got, some crossfire here. This is Scott Seidenberg's four weight. 
against Steve Fezzik's three weight. Scott, you get the honors. Jacksonville at Tampa. Yeah, currently the Bucks are minus one, and it's all because of Trevor Lawrence as he self-reported a head injury, which put him into the concussion protocol. But the reports are that he's progressing this week, and he has never missed a game in his career. I think Trevor Lawrence plays this weekend. And if Trevor Lawrence plays this weekend, Fez, is this line Bucks minus one? Of course not. And this is indeed our um, our entire handicap here because I want no part of Tampa Bay if Trevor Lawrence plays. He didn't practice today, and I don't care about his his. He, I mean, he's been a warrior. I don't care that they you can't shoot his head up. All right. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it, it, the concussion is like takes out the idea of being tough. Correct. Like, I, I think this, he's really tough. But, but this but this was a self reported thing which means he came into the facility on Monday and he was like, guys, you know what? My head, my head doesn't feel well. I better go see the trainer. And the trainer's like, all right, well, we're going to put you in concussion protocol this week. This wasn't like the independent neurologist during the game flagged him and then sent him into the blue tent, tested him, and gave him a concussion. This is something that he woke up on Monday with a headache and he went into the trainer's room and they were like, we're going we're gonna to put you in the protocol this But there's week. been, I hear you, it wasn't a severe concussion, but there's been what, 10 quarterbacks in concussion protocol and Purdy's the only one that's I think played. we've had one. Yeah. One yeah. one guy who's mm-hmm. gone under concussion protocol has played the next week. And that was a similar situation where Purdy did not get taken out of the game. It happened after mm-hmm. the game where they put him into the – and that's where I think we have to start drawing the line here. Is it a concussion that was diagnosed during the game by the neurologist and, and that staff, or is it something that they just, that they report on Monday? Because if he's going to miss any practice time, you have to say why. You have to give a designation. The NFL is strict with its reporting of injuries, right? You have to give a designation. They can't just say Trevor Lawrence is getting a rest day and then another rest day don't and then think, another rest day. Don't you think that the injuries have stacked on Trevor Lawrence year to date that, the, that at sure. some point the organization he's, yeah, he's also dealing with an ankle. Yeah, he's dealing with the ankle, It's just going to say, you know what, let's let's give him a week off. We're going to need him for, for, for the playoffs. But they can't give but him a week off. they're tied in a because, division. And that's, the thing, and that's the thing, Fez. That's is true. They, they cannot the afford a loss here. They need this game. They and might lose with them, though. And that's but I think he plays. And and mm-hmm. my handicap is I feel like he plays. That's that, so that's just the and, and when they when this game kicks off. Yes, Trevor. If Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence is playing, you win. Exactly. And if he's not playing, I win. You know why? Because it's going to close Tampa minus two point seven five or Tampa plus two point seven five. Yes. I was going to say, is this is this a fifty fifty line? I think so. And now let's just talk about both of these teams, though. And and we've documented this before. The Jaguars are just a different team on the road than they are at home. They're 9-1 and one against the spread in their last 10 road games. This season, they're 2-5 se- they're and five straight up in ATS at home. On the road, 6-1 and one straight up in ATS on the road. But Jacksonville is a terrible team playing in the state of Florida. <laughs> so, but it's, it's south. Man. And Florida's big, okay? <laughs> this is a far trip. It's not, not exactly uh, neighboring cities here. And, and I, I, I think that... This is a sell high <laughs> moment on Baker Mayfield. He, you know, wait how how far can you how can you, if you drive from Jacksonville to Tampa? You, that's you, a, that's a lot of hours. Do you fast. go down? Is it like Alligator Alley? Do you go across? Jacksonville's the state? basically in Georgia. Yeah, Jacksonville's yeah. like the deep I, south, and then Tampa's yeah, actually Jacksonville's in up north of Orlando, yeah. and Tampa's across. That. It's yeah. it's yeah. very far. It's yeah. and it's like a whole I, different I, you world. Know, funny thing is, we were just debating. Someone someone said this is the battle of northern Florida. I'm like. 
boy, it's a lot warmer in Tampa than than Jacksonville. And the, yeah. so people go to spring break in Tampa. It's like Dallas and uh, Amarillo are in the <laughs> same state. They couldn't be much more different. Or Austin and Amarillo in the same state couldn't be much more I've different. I've always heard El Paso used in that comparison. Same way. Okay. Same thing. All us. right. So I let's mean, talk, let's talk about Baker Mayfield, all right? Um, big win last week. Right, going to Lambeau, a place where the Bucks traditionally don't win, and not only does he win, they they win by two touchdowns. Baker Mayfield in his career has lost the last six games outright. The game after he wins a game by is double that right? digits, and he in played fact, very well. In fact, Baker Mayfield is seven and nine ATS the last three seasons off of a straight up win. He doesn't put wins together. He doesn't string string them together here. It's like you have the good Baker. And then you get the bad Baker. I now, t- look, listen, they've won three straight games, okay? So you have to factor that in. But one of those games was against the Panthers, where they were three-and-a-half-point favorites. They didn't cover. One of those games was against the Falcons when they were – oh, uh, yeah, I guess they were dogs, and they won that one because that was in Atlanta. And then last week, covering. So this has been good Baker. I, t- I like confident Baker. I don't know if you boys saw this. So there was one play call where Baker grabs both of his palms – and he grabs the lower part of his breasts, and he pushes upwards. I don't know what type of play call that is, but I'm on board with it. I like that, too. <laughs> it's the, uh, the miracle play. Uh, yeah, I, I, I stayed away from this game because I, I, I don't think you can really handicap it without I, – I think what you said is true, Fez. If, if Trevor's in or out decides who wins this crossfire between you two – um, I will say – so I kind of looked at some of the other things. Like Will Golston and Vita Vea, who Tampa didn't have either one of them last week, missing both their defensive tackles. Like, I don't know, it's like a 1,000 pounds of man between those. Not re- not really, but it's a, a two gigantic men. They're back, and that's huge against the run. So if it is C.J. Beathard, you know Jacksonville would prefer to lean on the run. I think that's going to be tough for them. Um I'm not sold on Tampa. Like I, I, I want to fade Tampa, but I, I, I don't like the Jags either. I, I think the Jag, like the Jags, did play much better than the final score indicated, and they're lost to Baltimore. Yeah, I just, don't, I don't think they're that good. Like I don't. If you said what's the best thing about Jacksonville, like remember at the beginning of the season when it was like, oh, they're they're really good on defense. I don't think anybody thinks that now. Trevor Lawrence is having a down season. Like, what are they really good at? I, I don't know. So these are two teams that I I don't like. Um, so I, I'm I'm steering clear of this one because I I don't want to I don't want to have to uh, think positive things about either one of these teams. All right, let's move on. And Fez, uh, you and I both have plays on this one. This is my three weight though. I've actually got two. I've got my three and my two weight on this game. And your two weight is on this as well. We got a little matchy action. I'm going for my three weight. Baltimore plus five and a half. And it goes to Lamar Jackson, what nineteen and one straight up against the NFC? Is that the uh, the updated number? Like he just doesn't lose to NFC teams, and fifteen and one as a dog or a favorite under three. So a short favorite or a dog, fifteen and one ATS. And I think there's some concerns for the 49ers from a health standpoint. Uh, Eric Armstead was out last week. Uh, Javon Hargrave was out last week. They're they're meat up on the defensive front, and guess what? Arizona ran all over them. Four hundred plus yards, two hundred and thirty four rushing yards against the Forty ers seven point eight yards per carry. The Arizona Cardinals had. They're banged up in the secondary too. Uh, Lenore's dealing with busted ribs. I, 
I've been saying for a while now, these are the two best teams. I don't really think it's close. I think these are the two best teams. I assume your power ratings say similar. Yes. I don't think that the gap between these two teams can be this wide. Can San Francisco really be four points better than the second best team in the league? Got them three and a half better. And, you know, I look at you, there's a lot of talk about like YPP being outstanding, but that YPP per pass play just yeah. being through the moon on, on like San Francisco's like the best team that we've ever seen. Yeah. Type I, of discussion. Um, but, I don't want to make this like see, make it seem like I don't like the Niners because I love the Niners. I, I think the Niners are probably winning the Super Bowl. Well, we probably but, should play the over then if you I, think Baltimore is going to score. Well, what do you know, Fez? My two weight is over 47 in this game. And your two weight is my two weight is a, it's actually a one weight to go over over. Look at us with the we uh, with we the over forty seven and, oh, and your one weight. I wrote that down. And it was a um, it wasn't forty six and a half. And by the way, you don't have to buy my Monday night football total of the year. Okay, I'm exaggerating. But I did indeed <laughs> give out my clients over forty six and a half. Go it up to forty seven. And uh, I, it just has a happy action, fun time, shootout. Both teams flying high, feeling well, good. Well, and that's that's part of it. Is like I don't think the I don't think the Ravens are going to stop the 49ers. No, I mean Scott says it every week. When they're healthy, this 49ers offense is far and away the best in the. That's league. why Brock Purdy's going to win the MVP. Probably going to win the MVP. But this the the 49ers defense is not healthy right now. Yeah, and it's not like the Ravens are a bad offense. They're going to get theirs. And I, I think, you know, another guy who we should look at props is Isaiah Likely, mm-hmm. your boy. Yep. I looked back at when they've seen high-end tight ends, the 49ers. It ain't great. TJ Hawkinson had like 11 catches. Likely is a high-end tight end? He's playing like Since it. Mark Andrews uh, got hurt. Yeah, what? I mean, he's he's been like I the, been, he's been a top five tight end in the league since Mark Andrews got hurt. I stand corrected. So, Andrews' I, system. <laughs> Tight end, clearly. Maybe so. Maybe Trey so. Look slow. Trey McBride went off against them last yeah. week. So I, I think there's some concern there on, on the defensive side for the 49ers. And, like, the defense for the 49ers has kind of slowly trickled to average. Yeah, they were not that good against Seattle also. Yeah. You know? The offense is just so elite, though. Yes. So that, that's I think this is an overplay for sure. I like so, I like the over. Uh, I, I like both those plays, plus 5.5 and, and the over 47. That's my three-weight, my two-weight. So Brock Purdy at night is 5-1, and one, both straight up and ATS with the 49ers. Going back to Iowa State, 6-0 and oh in night games. You know, the shocking thing there is I would have bet anything Iowa State had not played 6 like night games in the past twenty five years, no, yeah. they were good. They were good with Purdy. They, you know, they were ranked high. They were I mean, one of the top teams in the Big Twelve. Yeah, they were. They were always like eight and four good because that's yeah. what Matt Campbell yeah. was. Like his entire nine and three. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's good, but it's, <laughs> that's why I played him under six and a half wins this year. And no, no, not zero. No, not no. Get there. Here's an interesting stat on Monday Night Football: seven consecutive underdogs this season on Monday Night Football have won. Outright, it's the longest streak in history. Seven straight underdogs have, have won, won outright. outright. So, you're, so you're riding the streak if you're going with the Ravens. You know, I didn't well, even know they that. Just get the cover, not win. <laughs> I didn't even know that, and now I, I, I mean, it's a lock, right, Fez? It's got to be at that point. <laughs> or is that is that seven reds on the roulette wheel? Well. It's no, it's like seven of that one through twelve numbers on the roulette wheel. So okay, so it, 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 maybe it, maybe it, it, it's beyond statistically significant, right? That that could even happen. Yeah, I, I could see that being the case. 
Dave Essler's got his best bet on this 49ers Ravens game and he doesn't he's not going with the over like we are but he's going a little a uh, little close to that. Let's hear Uncle Dave. We are now 11 and 4 or 73% winners this year on the Dream Pod. And thanks much to Sean McVay for a two-point conversion last week. This week we're looking for another win with another team total, the San Francisco 49ers over 26 and a half points. Yes, I'm aware they're playing the Ravens defense. The same Ravens defense that's compiled stats against nobody. Quarterbacks C.J. Stroud in his first NFL start. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Josh Dobbs, Gardner Minshew, Malik Willis. I mean, that's borne out by their schedule. At every strength of schedule metric, the Ravens are as high as 16th or as low as 24th. San Francisco, they put up big numbers on Dallas and Philadelphia, two teams with solid defenses, also two potential NFC Championship matchups. This is a potential Super Bowl matchup, and the 49ers will make another statement and not hold their cards close. They've been held below 27 three times this year, twice on the road, and every one of them without Debo Samuel. In all other games, they're averaging 34 points per game. We need points. We need touchdowns, not field goals. Fate would have it, the 49ers are the best red zone team in the NFL and even better lately. In their last three games, they've scored touchdowns on 100% of their possessions in the red zone. The Ravens won't slow them down. The 49ers won't stop scoring. 49ers over 26.5 points. San Francisco team total over 26.5. So I'll tell you this. If I like the Ravens plus 5.5 and and I like the over, I like Dave's side here. Well, wait, if you like the Ravens, though. I, I, like the, I, I still think the 49ers are going to win this game. Mm. I just don't think they're going to win by more than a field goal. But if you like San Fran and you like the over, you would love Dave's play. Oh, I'd love you know, it. And, love and, it. And, and, I, and I definitely I do, I do want to say that it is rarely wrong. If you like a game, like if you like the favorite and you like the over, betting that team's team total over is kind of a nice way to just get at what you really yeah. like. The, that, no, that, I that's, agree. That, that's like the lamb chop on the bone at Texas D Brazil. You had seven of those the other when you went there last time? I don't even know. That's probably a, an average. <laughs> All right, moving on. Scott Seidenberg has a three-weight on the local match here on Monday. Monday day football. Kansas City minus 10 host, hosting the Raiders, so it's not local here, but it's on the local team. Throw me for a loop. Yeah. What are you uh what are you liking here, Scott? Your three weight. Well, I wanted to fade the Raiders at all cost after last week's sixty-three point performance over the Chargers. Nice celebration moment in front of the fans, national television, rah rah, all great. Now you have to go to Kansas City and play against the Chiefs, who dominate you every single time they play you. In eleven starts against the Raiders. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have scored an average of 35.5 points per game. They have never scored less than four touchdowns in those 11 games. It's never been less than 28 points. They've scored 35 or more in six of those games. They scored 31 on them a month ago when they played against them. And then you just look at the Raiders who, including the 63-point outburst last week, they're still 11 and 3 to the under on their team total. This is not a good offense. This is a bad offense. I went back through our entire database to look at teams that scored 60 points in the NFL. 
The following week, they're 0-3 against the spread, scoring 20.7 points per game. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty high. After scoring 50 points in the previous game, they only averaged 23 points per game. Those numbers that I'm getting to are way below the 28 points that is the minimum that Patrick Mahomes has scored against the Las Vegas Raiders in his career. So I love fading the Raiders after that performance last week. I love fading the, their offense after they scored. I was going to do the Raiders team total under, but the more I think about it, if the Raiders aren't going to score, the Chiefs are going to cover this and win by double digits. It, it, both could be true. The Raiders could go under their team total, but there's no way the Kansas City Chiefs don't score with the history that they've shown against this Raiders team. So I'm comfortable laying 10 with the Chiefs against the Raiders. You know what I like about this also is that this year there's been two times Casey didn't cover a comparable spread. One time was, I believe, against the Jets when Mahomes went down on the one-yard line. And last week, instead of kicking a meaningful field goal— It took a knee. They took Meaningful to some. Yes. So they won by 10, but they really won by 13. You know what? I go back just to 2020, the COVID year, and after the Raiders, you know, played so far above their heads that their noses bled for two years, and they won in Arrowhead, 40 to 32, and they circumnavigated Arrowhead with their buses, like Magellan going around the effing world, and that still sticks in Kansas City's craw, if you will, a little extra motivation to pound our Raiders. And here's the other thing: when these two teams played at Allegiant Stadium. On November 26th, Aiden O'Connell was the quarterback yep. for the Las Vegas Raiders, and Patrick Mahomes was the quarterback of the, of the Chiefs, right? Nothing had changed. Nothing had changed. What's changed? Nothing has changed. The Chiefs were nine-and-a-half-point favorites in that game. Now they're home a month later, and the spread's the same? And the Chiefs need the game like blood. There's I mean they're they're look I mean they don't need it to make the playoffs, but they they have a clear path to the number 1 seed. They have the tie breaks. It all looks good if they can just take care of business as double digit favorites like they should be their final 3 games. Yeah, I mean they're looking up and seeing uh, they're seeing Baltimore and oh, Baltimore's playing San Francisco. That's a very losable game. Looking up and seeing Miami. Oh, Miami's playing Dallas. Very losable game. So they're thinking, look who we're playing. We just got to take care of business. We, we don't need to blame Taylor Swift. We could still yeah. get the number one seed. Yeah. I, uh, Does that make sense to you, Fez, that the line is the same as it was when no, the Raiders were here I, in I, Vegas? Oh, I, I make a, a 10 a really and a half, and, and the intangibles favor Kansas City. And what I think what makes sense is that people just saw the Raiders score mm-hmm. 100,000 points, and they're like, oh, the Raiders are playing better. But, I mean, I, I also think like people don't want to – I think people are tired of betting the Chiefs as big favorites because the because Chiefs of don't what cover big numbers. And that's yeah. just Plinko stuff where they just it, you're the, right. the puck fell into the non-cover. But, man, I, I think what the and Raiders did— And they really did, did cover almost every number yeah. last yes. week. What the Raiders did last week was so phony. Not that they didn't like totally outplay the Chargers, but I, it doesn't change my opinion of the Raiders one bit. No. Because the Chargers quit. That was the, Listen, that was the Raiders' Super Bowl. Not, not because of the opponent, but because of the spot. Like I said, standalone game, national televised. They showed off for the world. You know, they, Antonio Pierce is celebrating like he's going to get that job. Now they come back to earth. They'll get blown out the next two weeks, and then we'll see what happens in the final week against Denver. The four games before the Chargers game, do you know what the Raiders' scoring average was? 
Well, considering they're eleven and three to the under on their team total, I'm going to say they didn't score much. I seem to recall a zero. Yeah, how about zero against the Vikings? Eleven and a half points per game. Mm -hmm. Mm, That's not going to cut the mustard here. Not going to cut it. And I think last week was the anomaly. O'Connell's been bad. Like because he was good last week against a team that had quit. I've got to change my mind on him. I'm not going to do it. Mm. The most um, points the Raiders have scored on the road this year was 17 in week one against the, the Broncos. Hmm. The scary thing for me is the Chiefs are in this run where they're, they're three and four over their last seven, and they're plus one in scoring. Against like, spread. N- no, three but and four straight up. straight up. Oh, that's right, because they lost two in a row, and they've been yeah. alternating wins it, and losses. All the more reason that they're going to win. They, 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 now they're going to they're win on the rest of them. If you think that – that the Chiefs are, and that's where I'm at. Do you think the Chiefs are much better than we've seen so far? Oh yeah, they got the idiot that dropped the touchdown pass on the goal line, yeah. and then the other idiot that like lined up offsides, and the idiot that threw that's the true. flag on the play that they they still I still am like on an island saying if they don't call the flag that no one would be in an uproar. I mean, you They're might like, be right. They could they could have two more wins, and then we'd be looking at yeah. I, this certainly wouldn't be just a flat ten. I just I don't know why the Kelsey lateral has not been incorporated into numerous um, uh, play co- play call. So much can go wrong. Yeah, lateral. T- if, but but if you're a dog and you're losing, like you know what, a whole lot can go wrong. That's true. When you're down twelve and it's third and eight, you know why? Why or you not? You just do what the Seahawks did against the Eagles and have a couple of completions, march right down the field to win the game. But here's let know, me. Was it, how about counterpoint? Mm-hmm. If Travis Kelsey throws the ball away right there, you say you have the best quarterback in the world on your team. Why would you not let leave the game in his hands? Let me counterpoint the counterpoint. Yeah, Kadarius Tony drops the ball. The, the counterpoint. <laughs> don't go with the Kadarius. The Tony. counterpoint to the counterpoint is that if he could, if Travis Kelsey, when he's massively covered, and even if you had called the play for him to lateral it, he shouldn't have. All right. Yeah. If it works when it's not practiced and it's improvised and it's not even open, imagine how well it would work if you scripted the play and it was a wide open zone because that ball could easily have gotten batted up. Counter to the counter to the counter. The Chiefs' regular offense isn't very good this year. All the like, more they don't, reason they don't have, have time to, to stick this. around with. Uh, no, I, 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 I say the opposite's true. That you absolutely, and, and, and you know how often I got to tell you, how often on third and eighteen does a seven-yard button hook work? Every do they still call it a button hook? You know, where the yeah. play, guy comes back, so he's always open. Curl route, you could yeah, call yeah. It. Curl, the, the curl route is always open. The guy always catches it, and the defense has been schooled. The good defenses don't rush forward. Just contain them. Stay in your in, in 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 your lane. You know, your friends are coming. You know, and we'll just and and we'll smother the guy, and he won't. Don't grab his face mask, and and they're done. You know, and then and then Dyson, he's got something. He's got it. Yeah, he's got it. I, I'm with you, Scott. It's Chiefs or nothing for me. But man, I, I just I I don't have an appetite to lay a big number with the Chiefs. I just don't. I Frank Wycheck passed away. That's I saw so that. Man. I know. I won't, I won't say anything, but AJ still thinks it was a forward pass. RIP Frank Wycheck. I just saw the replay. I've, if anything, it was backwards by by six inches. It was head. Now it's true. It was traveling forwards, but get. <laughs> I can't hear you, Fez. <laughs> Shocker! That path was. That it was pa- in Tennessee. It was clearly yeah. It, the ball was clearly curling back backwards by the end. Now the only question is, you know. Um, by the time it got to Dyson, I believe it was like two inches backwards. But if he hadn't caught it, it would have been like a foot and a half backwards because that was the direction of the ball with the wind. All right, Fez. I see that you're pro-cheating. Uh, all right, There move- are no 
flags on the field. <laughs> there should have been. Let's move to Fez. He's got to get out of bounds. Your uh, two-weight game is a total in the Green Bay-Carolina game. Yes, yeah, so we got to By the way, for the contest, the, the it's Carolina is plus five at home here. We got to bet this quickly. It's Green Bay-Carolina over 36 and a half. If you saw that Green Bay defensive performance against Tampa, you will realize anyone can score. Even the Carolina Panthers, who have been playing in bad weather of late, but uh, the weather's going to be better this week, and we know that Love is a gunslinger, and he's going to throw the ball up in the air and probably throw a pick six against that Carolina defense along with getting his team 20. So I'm looking at 20 to 17 minimum. Both teams get to 17. I'm going to go over the 36 and a half. I am confident enough that this is going to go to 37. We are going to have to get down to the emergency betting alert. we got to bet this now. I'm over here at Nakatomi, and they're turning my total into Swiss cheese. I need backup. Backup <laughs> now. Now, damn it. Now. Sergeant Al Powers Powell's yells in Die Hard, the greatest Christmas movie of all time. I thought time. you said it wasn't a Christmas movie. I know. It definitely is a okay. Christmas movie. They even play a Christmas song to end the song. Okay. And the, the villain movie. says it's Christmas time. It's a time of miracles. Okay. Clay, Bill Clay. Um, Panthers have gone under their team total in every home game they have played this season, averaging just 12.8 points per game at home. Overall in the season, they've scored 13 or less in eight games this year. They're averaging less than one touchdown per game at home. Don't care. This one's going over. That's why we're getting a ridiculous Dead last yards per play at home. Here's where I'm at. I mean, I care, but it's baked in is what I'm going. Fez, what's my rule been all year long? Don't lay Do points all, on the road with bad you, teams. If, if you have an average team playing a terrible team and they're laying more than three, you've got to be a donkey to bet on that team. Carolina was my my sixth play. I It took everything for me not to put Carolina on the card. I don't think Green Bay is a good team. No, they're not. How is this? How is a bad team laying five points on the road? I, I I don't care who the opponent is. This rule has saved me so many times this season. You know how many times it kept me off the L.A. Chargers this season? Probably six. I, I don't know. Washington football team laying points at New York Giants. Does that look like a good idea? Doesn't make sense. Does. Idea. Saints at Minnesota. No thanks. <laughs> I'll I'll pass on that. Uh, last week. Falcons laying a field goal at the Panthers? No. Mm. <laughs> it is hard to cover three when you only get one touchdown. Don't or zero. do this. So if you're looking at Green Bay going, ooh, minus five against the worst team in the league, stop what you're doing and say, are the Packers any good? Because the answer is probably not. They are so bad on defense. So bad. That's why we're going over. I- and the Panthers, 2-1 and one since firing Frank Reich. You can tell they're still playing hard. The de- but they want to get the number one draft. Oh, they traded that away. Yeah. Yeah. The defense so, has actually been pretty solid, at least against the pass. And the Panthers are just better at home than they are on the road. Like, rookie quarterbacks in general, I'll back a rookie quarterback at home. I almost... I can't think of a circumstance where I want to back a rookie quarterback. Even an inex- inexperienced, like you look at Desmond Ritter, who can't play a I lick yep. on the road. But at home, he can he can do things. So b- both of their wins came at home. Bryce Young's passer rating, 24 points higher at home. A completion percentage, 14 points higher at home. Yards per attempt go from 5-1 to 5-6 at home. Like He's just a better guy at home. Green Bay, 29th defensively. 
and they are just outside the bottom five in rushing percentage, so they don't run the ball. They don't play the style that will bother Carolina. Carolina, where they're really weak, is against the run. Green Bay just doesn't do uh, it. I, I agree. I could only look to Carolina, and that would be like my sixth or seventh pick. And last road game, they were favored by five at the Giants. They, with who top, are these? Uh, they. Green Bay was favored at five at the New York Giants. I said they were favored. You could guess who I was talking about. It wasn't pronouns. Carolina. It wasn't Carolina favored I'm on the road. I'm not a fan of pronouns. Uh, but the Packers were favored by five at the Giants with DeVito, and they lost outright. Mm. They shouldn't be road favorites. I like, I like the Panthers. Uh, all right, next game. Scott, you're too weight, and boy, am I thinking of pushing the button on you here. Yeah, I'm going to lay it with the Miami Dolphins, minus one and a half against the Dallas Cowboys. And we kind of talked about this with RJ on the recap pod. I just don't know how good the Dallas Cowboys are. They beat up on bad teams. Uh, they, they are very good against subpar teams. But against teams with a winning record, they're 1-3 this season with a negative 38-point differential. And it, it, it's just over – like. On the road this year, it's even worse. They're minus 58 in road games against teams with winning records. Last week, they got the crap beat out of them. Oh, they yeah. got beat up last week. And I think there's something to be said. Yes, they want to bounce back. Yes, they want to win. But they're dogs in terms of the division, winning the division. But if they have hopes of winning the division, they don't need to win this game. All they need to do is beat Washington because the tie-breaking scenario between the Cowboys and the Eagles, the only way that the Cowboys can win the division is if the Eagles lose to the Giants. The Eagles play two games against the Giants. The Eagles would have to lose one of those games to the Giants, and as long as the Cowboys beat Washington, even if they go 2-1 and one, and both teams go 2-1, and one, the Cowboys can win the division. So the Washington game's really the one that's like the important one should the Eagles lose a game to the Giants maybe this week. I, but I understand. You, you, don't go, you don't go into a game thinking that we have the cushion to lose. But if Dak Prescott gets beat up in this game like he got beat up last game against the Buffalo Bills, I, I don't know if I want him out there in the fourth quarter trying to chase the game. And, and you just look at them. I, I, Tyreek Hill got a week off to rest up. The Dolphins are so much better at home. The Cowboys are, are not the same team on the road. They're 3-4, and four, both straight up and ATS on the road this season, failing to cover by 3.29 points per game. At home, they're tremendous. They're 7-0, 6-1 ATS. How do you feel about as soon as they got out of the unfair heat advantage where they stick their opponent in the sun and they played a night game against Tennessee, then they laid an egg, and now this game's going to be in 72 degrees, so that's not going to be a benefit to them. In the last 20 years, the Dolphins are 31-24 and 24 straight up in December or later. At home? Against the spread? Straight up, 31-24. and 24. It's a, it's a one-point spread. So okay, all right. It, that, well, but, but, but yeah. still, I don't think 31-24 and 24 at home is impressive. Yeah, Tua at home is 17-7 and 7 ATS, so he's much better at home. And I just I don't I'm not buying into the Cowboys. I haven't seen them play well against a winning team. AJ, you seem troubled. Where's the market going to take this game? I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I think a lot of it comes down to Tyreek's availability. I'll take right? a shot here and press the button because you were talking about Dallas's record against winning teams. Do you know how many wins the Dolphins have against a team with a winning record? The answer is zero, none, nil, 
Not fucking one. They haven't so played them. <laughs> no, they ha- they lost to Buffalo. Yeah, they played they, two. They lost to Philly. They, they lost, lost to the Kansas City. Yeah. So they're 0-3 against teams with a winning record. Is Dallas worse than 0-3 against teams with a winning record? None of those they're games were at home. I, I, like, I, I don't get it. The Chiefs game was at home. They're both bullies. Well, I guess it was a neutral game. They're wasn't both, the Chiefs game. Yeah, it's, uh, they're both bullies. They like I, to beat up on crumb, um, crumb bums. The, the best team that the Dolphins have beat this season is the Denver Broncos. And they beat him in week two, or week three, whatever. By a hundred, by fifty, by, by fifty points. Yeah. And everyone said, "Oh, the Dolphins are the unstoppable force." Here's what I know. I, I'm a little worried because Dallas stunk it up against Buffalo, but I think the, the Cowboys are nine and one ATS. Their last ten games coming off a loss. I like that. Tua, I much like my golf research. You can click a tab on PFF and go from against a blitz to under pressure. I hmm. click that tab. Tua and PFF, when kept clean, the number one ranked quarterback. Hmm. Number one drops to 30th under pressure. You know what happens when you're missing three starting offensive linemen and you play the Dallas Cowboys? You're under pressure. Pushing down on me. You're pressing down on that's you. Right, no, yeah, but what if, that's right. That is a pop culture reference from 40 years ago. But what, what did the Bills do so well <laughs> against the Cowboys last week, which was run the football? Yeah. And I got Moster and A Chain. Uh, I, I think I think they're both injured, I think. No, they're no, they're both, they're both banged they're up. Both, yeah. yeah, but they're both gonna play. Yeah. But here's the other thing. You know who else is banged up? Almost the entire Dolphins secondary. And you know why you didn't notice it last week? Because they played the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter who. If I mean, you could Fez could be playing strong safety, and it wouldn't matter. Hey, when we were throwing the football, it was dark outside. Okay, <laughs> but when when Dak and Ceedee Lamb are out there, it's a little bit different to not to have Xavier Howard and Cam Smith both starting safeties banged up. I I don't know. I, I worry about the Dolphins' strength of schedule more than I worry about Dallas's. Um, I like the Cowboys catching points here. I, I'm a, the one thing that gives me pause, and the the reason why I didn't put this in my five, is because I feel like in general, when high end AFC teams have gone up against high end NFC teams, the AFC seems to be better. That worries me some. It's interesting because the NFC keeps taking money on the Super Bowl. Well, because they have the but 49ers. They have the 49ers. Yeah. yeah. But that's part of why I took the Ravens against the 49ers is because it feels like, man, the best AFC team, best best NFC team, they can't be that far apart. I, I kind of feel like Dallas can't be the right side in this game. It, maybe there is no right side, but I feel it's like either Miami's the right side or it's a pass. I just don't trust Dallas at all on the road. I, not on the road. And I think that this game is not lined correctly if, if we're being fair. I understand if you want to say the Cowboys are slightly better than the Dolphins. I think at worst they're even teams. I got them a half point better. Okay, you got a half half point better. Yeah, Dallas. I think when you have when you consider what Dallas has done on the road this year versus what Miami has done at home this year, there's got to be a greater there's got to be a greater adjustment for home field in this game hmm. than just making it one and a half. I agree with that. I think the line should be two and a half. And then you know what? If it was three, we're all over the Cowboys. But I think this line should have been two and a half. One and a half to, is, is to me is too much respect. By the way, the laying two and taking three is a indeed a profitable middle. Yeah, I mean, I, everyone says the Dolphins are so good at home, but again, tease the Cowboys up. That's who that, have they beat te- at home? Tease the Cowboys up with the with the uh, Steelers. Although I will say though, if well, the Cowboys Steelers are the teaser of the year, but right? I will say though, if the Cowboys lose this game, I do think it's more likely that they lose by 
double digits and they lose by a field goal. Mm. Like if the if the Dolphins had lost one of their home games, we'd have real concern. But they did lose one of their home games to Tennessee. Lost the Titans. Well, yeah, it, that's concerning. <laughs> yes. Like, it, it, so we, we talk about how good they are at home, but like they've played no one worth a damn at home. And it's like, well, the Cowboys I lost some that games. up to not having Tyreek for most of the game. Though. Cowboys lost some games on the road. Yeah, they lost at 49ers. Who, wh- what would be the spread if the, if the Dolphins went to the 49ers? 49ers are 10 and a half and Dolphins are six. So the line would be six and a half. Yeah, they'd smashed it. And then they lost at the Eagles. Lost at Buffalo in the cold. Hmm. Those are those are excusable Badly. losses. Well, they got smashed. I I don't know. I I, I think this is a fascinating and matchup, not, and it's not an excusable loss for the Dolphins to go to Buffalo and lose. No, I, not, I'm not, not saying it isn't. It's not an excusable loss to them for them to go to Philly and lose. But, but I'm not, saying that you're badly. talking about road games only. I'm talking about losing to the Titans at home. That's not acceptable. When Tyreek got hurt and he was out for most of the game. All right. Well, I mean, if, if you you're saw, that, we talked if you're about that dependent on one player, you're people not worried talking, about him people, this week. People were talking about Tyreek being the MVP after that Titans Come on, game. He's worth the point now. because of how much their offense looked like crap without him. He didn't even play last week. And they didn't need him against the Jets. They gave him and a week na- off to rest. And now you think he's just 100 percent good to go? Yeah, he came back in the game against the Titans. <laughs> I think if they weren't playing the Jets last week, he would have played. They were playing the Jets. They were like, we have bigger fish to fry. We have the Cowboys and the Ravens coming up and the Bills. I think one of Take the, a week off, bro. One of these teams. You're the guy that said they could still contend after week one when they beat the Bills. <laughs> True. Who? You. you. I got oh, the Jets? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, because Jets are still a playoff team. We're going to be two and two. We're right where we need to be. <laughs> one of these teams. Do you agree with this, Fez? One of these teams is going to be exposed as like a fraud. Like one of these teams, whoever loses this game is probably not a, a real Super Bowl contender. I think, yeah, I can go along with that. I think it already happened to the Cowboys last week. Yeah. And I think it's going to Niners are going to win the Super Bowl, so we don't, they they really, as long as they stay healthy. You think Dallas is going to, in the divisional round after Dallas? Like I said, Dallas is the type of team that in the wild card round will go to Tampa, will blow them out, and then will get blown out at San Francisco in the divisional round. Yes. In fact, I will lay that parlay right now. Minus 19 and a half. I'll lay 19 and a half. Give me Dallas minus four and a half. At Tampa in the wild card round, give me San Francisco minus five and a half in the divisional round. Who do we think is not going to get blown out at San Francisco? No one. Who's going to make the playoffs that we don't like at Tampa? Buffalo. Buffalo's not going to play at San Francisco in the playoffs. I'm, I'm I assure you. Admit, I'm likely, admittedly. I'll, I'll assure you. I just don't know how we can say the Cowboys just smashed the Eagles' guts in. They lose the net next week at Buffalo in cold weather, and I, listen. I, my best bet last week was Buffalo. I I, I felt I I knew that was going to happen. It's not all about you, AJ. But I don't suddenly think that the Cowboys are trash. Percent the past two years, but I mean, I, thank you for saying it for me. I didn't want to say it again <laughs> myself. So I just sixty-seven percent documented. You're currently in fourth place. If you had just entered, not one, not five entries. Fine. Think about this. One entry is all this I got. One entry. If you had entered five times and diversified, almost for certain you'd have one entry more than sixty-seven. No, I don't think so. Percent. Hmm. I don't think so. I think my the key for me is I'm Wednesday good, hmm. and I don't have to think about submit Wednesday. I, I mean, I don't, I'm serious. I don't have to think about the market moving yeah. and like how it makes me feel about my original handicaps. I'm just capping the games the way I think they're going to go and then trusting it. And I mean, well, I say trusting it. I'm stuck with it because I we do the pot on Wednesday night. But I do I do think there is something to that. It's how are you at Gold Nugget? Uh, we you know what we sucked so bad at college. Like 
which is funny because I've I've got a really good record in college football this like for my clients, but a lot of it is that it's it's a lot of the way they the dealt line it. Moves you didn't want to lay eleven and a half yep. and, because you had minus ten, and, it and takes you me, said, but but you know what? In the past couple of weeks, since we've do, been doing pretty much all NFL picks. We've been crushing it. Yeah, a lot better. <laughs> if we would have just done a whole season of NFL instead. Yeah. By I the saw... way, Dak Prescott on the road in his career against winning teams, six and thirteen straight up. Not I, ideal. I saw a friend of the show, Brad Powers, hadn't heard a, a whimper from him about the Gold Nugget. You know, in any show he was doing, he's struggling too. And then, well, until. It's like out of nowhere. It's like, oh, and it looks like I'm back in the money in the gold. Hey, hey. Congratulations, Brad. Apparently, he's doing extremely well in the NFL. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for. Brad I hope. As well. I hope he continues to win in the NFL with his experts in the NFL that he relies upon. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next game. And Scott, you went back and forth on your one weight. Uh, what'd you finally settle in on? So my one weight is going to be on the team total for the Arizona Cardinals under 19 and a half. I went back and forth as to whether I wanted to lay the four with the Bears or if I just wanted to just fade Arizona completely. And I settled in on just fading Arizona completely. The fact of the matter is, since acquiring Montez Sweat, this is a different Bears defense. They are second in EPA per play and seventh in success rate since since acquiring Montez Sweat. They've allowed 20 points or less in three straight games. And then you have Arizona, who comes in after playing the 49ers, right? It's a physical game. They lose. They're chasing Teams it all well the time. do well against the game after the 49ers. Remember, that's a trend that I said made no sense yep. to me, though. I yeah. said that's a roulette wheel trend. Well, they actually don't since 2021. They're 20-32-2 ATS. This season seven and five. So this season, what was the this trend season, then? That we so this saw? season's five and five seven. And, yeah. It was five and five. Now it's five and seven. I thought it was good though that we maybe I'm mixing no, up it, my trends. Okay. We just mixed it up because it was it has been so good in the past. Okay, but this season it was even five and five. All right, uh, but it's been now it's five and seven. But again, it's been good historically. And then I just look at the Cardinals. It's, it's look. It's not going to be a, a typical Chicago cold game, but it'll be like forty something degrees, right? 40-something degrees. In the last 20 years, the Cardinals are 15 and 24 straight up in games where it's 50 degrees or colder. Uh, I think that the Bears are playing for a little bit of pride. The defense is playing really well, especially, like I said, since acquiring Montez Sweat. And I don't think the Cardinals score on the road. They they go over every single home game. That's true. They've gone over every single home game. On the road this year, under. In six of seven games. You know, and these Bears, I got to speak to the Bears fans. I went to school in Chicago, and they are really, really loyal. You know, they've, it's, it's not just when they're good. They show up in, in crappy weather um, mm-hmm. and support their team. And if they're right around 500, they, they get a good crowd. Plus, the Bears have actually been doing well. I found this stat hilarious. If, if the game ended after three quarters, the Bears would be 8-6-1 and one this year. Wow. They have they have not won a game this year when they've entered the the third quarter uh, tied or trailing mm. right, but they've lost three games this year with double digit leads in the fourth quarter. Impressive. That's Baltimore esque. But yeah. I, I think I, I to me I just didn't want to mess around with that aspect of it by laying four with the Chicago Bears because let's say it's a seventeen thirteen game, right, or seventeen twelve game or something like that. And in the fourth quarter, Cardinals or 17 10, 
all of a sudden Cardinals score in the fourth quarter and it, you know let's say they go for two for the win on the road whatever it is I, Rivera I just, might kick I just <laughs> I just think I'm more comfortable going under 19 and a half for the Arizona Cardinals in this game here here's my and I I liked Arizona I may still bet Arizona just a lot of the Kyler Murray as an underdog uh, trends are really good. Let me ask you, does Arizona want to win this game? Because Carolina has two wins now, and Arizona has three. So, I mean, they – the organization – Here's the question. If Arizona didn't want to win games, would they have brought Kyler Murray back at all this year? I think they had to. When Murray said he wanted to play, I think politically they had to either trade him or they had to play him. I don't think that – I don't imagine – uh, what type of story that they could con- concoct to leave him on the sideline? Here's the other question. Is there ever a time when a first-year head coach doesn't want to win? Never. That's what I'm thinking. Like, this is his first year. You know, it's interesting. I, I have to comment on Arizona. Now, so their season win number was four, mm-hmm. all right? And it looks like at most they're going to get to four, all right? So, oh, they basically met expectations. Guess where their power rating is versus opening day? I bet it's up. Five points. Well, a lot of that. I mean, they add, they they got Kyler Murray right, back. Right, but they started even, without. But but the idea, if you told me, Fez, your, your power rating is going to be five points higher on Arizona. How much do you want to bet on Arizona over four or over four and a half? My house. But I'll be honest. I didn't think that I didn't think that Kyler Murray was going to come back. Yeah, I didn't think he would play this year because mm-hmm. it didn't make sense to me. Because I said, oh, they're not going to win any games. Why would he come so back? So they should have. The but they should have won five games. with yeah. this, with this the way they're playing. Here's my my counterpoint to Scott and I've I've heard so many people talk about the Bears defense is suddenly good I I don't know if that's true oh I think it is why like what Scott just gave you the numbers he since sweat returned or since sweat was acquired they gave up 24 points to the Saints is that a good day no okay here's who here's who they held down Bryce Young and the Panthers scored 13 Mm -hmm. golf clap I'm I'm so impressed they gave up 31 to Jared Goff indoors. Is that good? No, but That's... that was but that, but they gave up like 17 and in, in, in 58 minutes, and then they just collapsed in the and they, they, the the and effing Goff, safety and the, Goff the, threw the three sa- picks. The effing safety at the end of the game. If Goff doesn't yeah. throw three picks, what happens? It was it was 26. They, 14. The Bears score less points. It was the, 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 but they don't. The Lions had 14 points with three minutes left in the game. Yeah, I think that was a weird game. And then they held Josh Dobbs to 10 points. That's and then they held effort. Jared Goff to 13. The outdoor Jared Goff scored 13. And then last week the Browns put up 20 with Joe Flacco despite. Three turnovers. They put up seven in 55 minutes. So it goes back to the, yeah. the, yeah, so the Bears' first three quarters, good defense, That's last quarter bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Too much prevent so defense. I'll, how about I go Cardinals' first half team total under? <laughs> under 10. If we can get a yeah. 10, which it won't be 10, but I love the Cardinals under but 10. But you know why I hate quarter. that? What's Arizona been all year? A first half team. Yeah, there you go. Good point. I I don't know. Uh, this I, I worry about. Arizona outdoors, like I could see, I could see Kyler Murray in Chicago having a crap game, shivering on the sideline. But I don't think that this Bears defense is suddenly great. I think that they've played a schedule of it's a good point of, of bad you back, offenses. You backed it up. Besides Golf, who again, you see when they were indoors, Golf good. Outdoors, Golf bad. How about we so. bet the Cardinals plus a half in the fourth quarter? <laughs> no, the, but the Cardinals don't do anything in the fourth Fra- quarter. Frankly, I'll take any team plus a half in the fourth <laughs> quarter. That's the ultimate plinko. And like, to although use, I would bet the Cardinals are like, they might be, 
three and nine, three and ten. Something Just like covered that against year. the Niners in the fourth quarter. They did. Um, and like you look at like Washington last week, you know, to cover it in the fourth quarter, you know, so that's it's pretty powerful getting that 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 one point in the fourth quarter. This is a it's an interesting game. Um, you I, know, I, you know what's interesting about all this is that we've I think we've on our last five games we don't have plays. Am I correct? No. So we're gonna we're gonna rock and roll our, our single best point on each game probably, and I have two great points, so I might save those. For extra time for the Denver Philly games and give very little on the other three. What's your uh, what's your power rating on Chicago Arizona? The uh, let me take a look. Where is that game? Give me a minute to, to look. You know I, this new schedule has like completely thrown me off because it because there's no bias. So I can I seemingly I can't find like any of the games anymore. Uh, afternoon game on Sunday. Afternoon. I've got uh, I've got Chicago only two points better. So I, so I make the game three. But that's without an adjustment for the elements. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that seems about right. All right, let's go to Buffalo and the Chargers. And I have great regret because I texted Scott on, was it Sunday night? Yeah. And I said, Scott, I can get plus 14 on the Chargers. I think I might have to do this. I didn't want to do it. I, I it, it made me feel sick and clammy. Wait, I, I'm look. I didn't get that text. Because I didn't play it, I didn't think it was. I I decided that it wasn't a good bet. But if you if 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 you would have alerted to me to it, maybe I would have like. Said, I probably fire. should have asked you. I probably. I don't think have asked I got you. that text. You did not get that text. Yeah. Well, I'm. It's I apologize. Bad. No, it's fine. I'm probably brain dead. But yes, I will say. I would I feel great if I had plus fourteen with the Chargers right now? I I don't think so. I, I don't think I'd feel great. I you know I'd probably feel. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what I'd feel, but I'd feel better than if I had Chargers plus 12 and a half. I know mm-hmm. that. Um, I would say at least then we'd have a chance to middle. The Chargers should get the dead cap bounce. Uh, like if they That's quit. my term. Everyone's using that. I know. Everyone in VEASAN's using the dead cat, Scott. I thought I got I the— I trademarked the dead cat. I thought cat. dead cat came from Brad Powers. He took it from me. I'm, I apologize. You know what I took? I took from Gianni the Greek. I I I did the sprinkle the money line. Everybody did. He he invented that. Uh-huh. Sprinkle some on the money line. <laughs> That's become everyone says that. Now. Everybody. So annoying. Does the Tommy DeVito sprinkle on the money line? If there is a spot for the Bills to take a breath, and we've talked about it. For, I mean, how many weeks in a row have we said they, good they've got to win? If there's a spot for them to take a breath, it's this. They just you also get the new coach boost maybe for the Chargers. They yeah. were just, coach boost. They were at Eagles. At Chiefs, home against Dallas. And they didn't win all three of them, but every one of them had that feel like they need to win. And the defense just isn't that good in Buffalo. So I I definitely think if you're going to bet this, I know you missed out on the best number. I will lean Chargers, but not with my money because there's going to be three Charger fans there, and the Bills Mafia is going to be breaking the tables in the parking lot at SoFi. So when we talk about the fired uh, coach boost, 37 teams have fired their head coach during the regular season since 2003. Those teams, uh, twenty-one and sixteen against the spread in their next games. Yep. Yeah, and I, the other thing that makes me think the Chargers can hang around here is what the Bills do last week, all game. Run, 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 mm-hmm. run, run. Is there any reason why they wouldn't just run, run, run in this game? You know, I might play Josh Allen under because he can't run every game and he won't need to in this game. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. So I also looked up teams to allow Plus yards. Yeah, I looked up teams to allow 50 or more points and what they do the following week. So since 2021, 
against the spread the following week after allowing 50 points. 6-1-1, and covering by 7.19 points per game. It makes sense when you let go of the rope that you, the, the you team— want, You want to go back now to 10 years? Let's go since 2012. If you allowed 50 points the week before, the following week you're 25-19-1 ATS, covering by 3.07 points per game. All time in our database's history, which goes back to the 90s, 44, 36, and 3 ATS covering by 2.11 if you gave up 50 points the week before. So all these trends point to the Chargers. By the way, AJ, um, in the early 80s, way before your time, the Bengals beat your Houston uh, Oilers 61 to 7. The Bengals kicked a field goal in the final seconds when Sam White. That's the, assault, brother. When Sam White was asked, why did you choose to kick the field goal? You know what his response was? I wasn't confident we had enough time to get it into the end zone. Damn. Isn't that the old Jimmy Johnson? Was that Jimmy Johnson? Like, Why'd you go for two? Because I couldn't go for three. Damn. We hated the Oilers, the Bengals. Did. I think a lot of people hated the Oilers. Yeah. I. You know what? We uh, we already did the Texans game. I also feel like the Texans were so invested in winning last week with the Titans wearing those uniforms. Oh, it's Woody Hayes. Th- those are pretty. The, the, I mean, Texans fans were pissed about yeah. this. Yeah. And as someone who like I didn't grow up an Oilers fan, even though I did grow up in Houston, I didn't really I didn't care about the Oilers um, because I was a Houston Gamblers fan, mm-hmm. and Jim Kelly was a Houston Gambler, and then he was a Buffalo Bill, so I just became a Bills fan. But and I don't really care about the Texans, so I didn't have like a uh, an investment in it. But as soon as I saw the Titans wearing those uniforms, I was like. Texans are going to be balls to the wall to beat these guys. Maybe they could trade for Ridley to be on that team then, Tra- to, be a, to be a gambler. They, they should, uh, right? Should. Uh, all right. Uh, the, the oh, the one more thing about the Bills. Their last two games are division opponents. Like they want to get in, get a win, get out as healthy as possible, and they've got New England at Miami. By the yeah. way, I, I did run some numbers. We were asked, uh, we teased this Buffalo or Miami to win the division. Yeah. So basically, if Miami wins, and they're going to be home against Buffalo. So they have a 55% chance just clean to win the division. Okay. And then basically, Buffalo has two v- very likely winning games, and Miami has one game they're small favorite, and one game at Baltimore they'll be a, you know like a four point dog or well, no, no, a, th- a three point dog. So just assume. Think that's it? Three? I, I, yeah, I think Baltimore is like a, a point and a half better and then one and a half for home field. But it doesn't matter. Miami's okay. going to be a slight favorite and a three-point dog. Call, I said call the two games Miami 50-50 and call the Buffalo game sure wins. Okay. okay. So what happens is that so if you, they played the 100 times, 55 times Miami just wins and they win the division against Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Then the 45 times, they um, 11 times, if you mapped it out, Miami's going to win both those games and they're going to win the division, okay, Just regardless. Okay. And then 11 times, they're going to lose both games, Miami will. And then um, Buffalo will win the division. And then there's the other combinations where it comes down to both uh, – Buffalo goes 2-0, and Miami goes 1-1. It comes down to tie breaks. And unfortunately, I, I just would have to price out all the tie breaks. Well, the tie break is, is – it's very simple because Buffalo already beat Miami once. So if Buffalo beats Miami – That'd be two zero, and and they would they would have had both head to head wins. Okay, so be, given that, I think we should bet Buffalo to win the division. Plus two twenty, right? Plus, plus two ten, right now. Yeah, 10? we should bet. So Buffalo plus two ten is a good bet because okay. if they own the tie breaks, there's plenty of paths for Buffalo to get there, even though fifty five percent of the time they're done. So because if if because that is the tie break, two and zero heads head to head. That that's over. Yeah, so I'm going to bet that. 
Okay. Uh, let's look at oh, the game of the week. Everybody is going to be gathered around the television or the radio if this was 1948 for the Indianapolis Colts and the Atlanta Falcons. There's playoff implications. Indy plus one at the Falcons. Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke. I upgraded Atlanta a point for the Taylor Heineke, and I think that's not enough. The more I think about it, it should be two points. Taylor One Heineke point. stinks, though. No, too. he's he's good compared to. Um, I mean, so with with uh, with Desmond Ritter, the Falcons' offense is 37th in EPA per play in the games where Heineke started, 22nd. And the team's going to be much more excited to play with him. So I agree with this as a really strong line move. Plus one to minus one. So you can't tease Atlanta anymore, which means Atlanta's going to cover the teaser. And they're not going to cover at the minus one. But um, I, I can only look at minus one. So this is the other thing. I keep bringing this up every time we talk about the Colts. When Gardner Minshew's opponent scores more than 20 points, he is 2-17 and 17 straight up. Total's 44, bro. Can the Falcons get to 20 in this game? Hell yeah. Then we like the Falcons. There we go. <sighs> Why not just play the over? The Colts are eleven and three to their team total over this because season. it's forty freaking four and a half. Mm. And you've got Gardner Minshew and Taylor Heineke. Yes, yeah. Like I generally agree. If if the goal is to be safe and not turn the ball over, mm-hmm. I do think Taylor Heineke is better than Desmond Ritter. I think the worst thing about Desmond Ritter by far has been turnovers, particularly. Like he has turnovers at the worst time. Like in the red zone, they're ugly. It turnovers that like are very costly. He dropped the ball at the one yard line, like twice. How? But I think he's like a a fifty percent completion guy. Like he's just down to down, dreadful. Can't tonight. Let it be. Can't Heineken. move the sticks. What's that from? What's the reference? Tonight, let it be behind. I don't know. Tonight, let it be low and brow. Are you familiar? That sounds familiar. I have no L- idea. Low and Brow was a, a beer company. They used to. That was their term. They said tonight, let it be Low and Brow, and mm. it was in. The, I know it was like in the late seventies because they, uh, the Baltimore Orioles Lowenstein. Uh-huh. They said tonight, let it be Lowenstein when he homered. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't alive in the late seventies, so I missed oh, that commercial. Goodness, I'm sorry, so Fez. You are the elder RJ's away, player. and I am just so RJ probably would have gotten that. Although RJ would have, he would have caveated it by saying. I think I remember it. I was a I was a young young child. I was a toddler. It's like you know when I was fourteen, my friends and I we used to take the you know the the, the pickup truck and we'd get like a twelve pack of Schlitz and uh, we'd go out to and we we do some drinking on the hill. Yeah, chuck chuck the uh, bottles at the stop signs. Yes. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I throws I, deer. The thing that Stros. worries me in this game is I think the Colts have a massive massive coaching edge. No doubt. Massive. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Um, but I think the Colts have been so lucky. Either team, I'll tease them up. Either team. The odds maker, hey, Atlanta's favorite now, we'll tease India to 7.5. And, and, and if it flips back over, I'll tease Atlanta to 7.5. This, the fact, like, once you benched Ritter and then you played two games with Heineke and said, never mind, we're going back to Ritter. And now you bench him again for Heineke and you say, we're not changing again unless we have to, unless there's an injury. It just it feels so desperate. And I, if if desperation forces the Falcons to use one of their three top ten picks that they spend on skill positions and actually involve them in the offense, maybe it's a good thing. I just don't know. I, I don't want to back either one. What of a difference right a game makes. So Atlanta just just doesn't fumble or throw an interception in their game against Carolina. And they're seven and seven. Yep. 
And it's just like the old newlywed game where it's like you, you, you get the Carolina question right, you're tied for first. Miss it, you go home in third place. I hate all these teams in the NFC South. I'd find nothing redeemable about them. I agree. Uh, all right, let's look at Washington at the New York Football Jets. I pass. I make it three. Pass. Scott, you feeling Actually, I here? make it 2.6, but I still pass. I refuse. Uh, well, the Jets are 1-7 against the spread in the first half at home this season, so they have performed terribly. Do you have a feel who the quarterback's going to be? Absolutely not. Uh, Come on, aren't you on the like the message boards? <laughs> um, well, you know, why would you uh, – I, I don't know. Zach Wilson – he, he um, his mom was saying how she's yesterday so was hot. a rough day for him. Uh, you know, she went on Instagram, so she yesterday was a rough day for him, talking about like how he's dealing with the concussion. So, I don't think it's going to be Zach Wilson. I Does think, he live at home like Tommy DeVito? Yeah, <laughs> he should. Uh, I, <laughs> I think, would like I to go to dinner with, with Zach Wilson and DeVito and and DeVito's mom and Zach Wilson's. Mom. I'm buying. You'll, no, you'll... I don't want Zach Wilson's mom. I just want DeVito's mom. Have you seen Zach Wilson's mom? No. Is she like Stacy's mom? She's got it going on. Okay. Yeah. We're not going to okay. put a number on her, but yeah. We don't, we don't do that. We don't no, do we don't do that. Uh, I do that all no, the time. No, we don't do that. Not. Liz Hurley is a 10. No. The one reason to like the Jets is because teams usually get a big boost since uh, after getting shut out. Uh, teams after getting shut That's out since 2015, 30, 13, and 3. ATS. Um, let's let's. I'll go back even further here. You want to go 2012? Uh, well, yeah, but that applied to the Raiders, and they only and they, put up 63. Exactly. Okay. Um, so yeah, if it's let's see, 37, 22, and two, going back to 20, uh, 2012. If you scored zero points your prior week, that's what you do against the spread. 62.7 percent ATS, and you're you're not averaging a lot of points. But you are covering the games, so that's the only. That's why I like the Jets. I think they do get a boost. There's been a lot of talk about the future of their head coach Robert Sala and their general manager Aaron Rodgers is, is activated. He's not going to play, but he's activated, so he's around the team. Is he with so them he's in practice? Pads? He could if he wanted to. Did you hear Aaron Rodgers like I want to play for multiple years? Yeah, and it's like you, dude, you're washed already. But I, but I think Rodgers giving the the vote of confidence and supporting the leadership of the Jets in his latest Pat McAfee appearance. after shitting on them two appearances sure, ago. Sure, I think that's gotta that's gotta give the team a little bit of confidence. Mm. Uh, I think I like the over in this game over thirty seven, which sounds like a really painful bet to make worst offense against the the best uh, defense but no i'm sorry good deep terrible defense against worst offense yeah and so they offset right like washington's neck and neck with arizona as the worst defense in the league yeah and i think there's some signs that the jets defense is starting to run out of gas both should get to 17 like that's all we need they just gave up 30 points to the dolphins which Okay, I get it. The Dolphins are good on offense, but the Dolphins were missing multiple starters on the O-line. They were missing the best receiver in the world, and the Dolphins still put up 30 on them. The Commanders are allowing 33 points per game since they traded away Sweat and Chase Young. Like Scott said, I don't know who's playing quarterback for the Jets. I would know whoever it is is probably good for at least a turnover or two. So... Usually when turnovers happen, that's good for overs. The Jets have 27 fumbles this year, most of oh, the NFL. Oh, yeah, they can fumble those, for sure. Those, those turnovers in Carolina games tend to happen in the Reds yeah, and this, Atlanta games. Listen, this doesn't feel good knowing how bad both of these offenses can be, 
but I think I think, I think we we and and shout out RJ. I think we bet. Will there be a safety in this game? I just can't do it because I I hate the bit. I hate the cockroach bookies that say, "Oh, the Theo hold is the same, but still four point five four percent, such that um, you're um, you can deal a yes safety nine to one is what it usually is, Scott, and like the no safety is like late twenty to make a dollar." And it's just such a, a difference. And, like, the best example I can give of why those are sucker bets, I use the birthday example. So I, what I could do is I, I could say you can bet random stranger's birthday. Will you be able to guess it correctly? And I'm going to pay you 100 to 1 if you bet yes. If you bet no, I'm paying you nothing. Zero. Okay? You don't win anything. Okay, tell me the scenario again. Random stranger. Bet, guess his birthday. You can bet yes or no. You can bet yes, 100 to 1, or you can bet no, and you have to lay, like, in infinity to win zero. Oh, well, I don't want to lay infinity to win zero. Well, but you will at, at the Fezzik Sportsbook, okay? okay? So my point is being, well, that's got to be an astronomical household. They're both, like, one's a sucker bet, one one I can't even win. Okay, so I bet 1,000 to win zero on the no, okay? You see where I'm going. I bet $10 to win 1,000 on the yes, Okay. You're still right? going to be out the ten dollars. So, uh, so I'm risking a thousand dollars. I'm going to lose ten dollars. Okay, uh-huh. and such you know, such that um, the household is one percent in that scenario, which shows how foolish it is to evaluate how good the odds are on these long shots. Right now, uh, will there be a safety in this game? The yes plus eight fifty. The no minus eighteen hundred. No, thank you. Yeah, I don't think I I don't think I like it either. Mostly because I I, I don't like. I but said, if I had to, this is the game I would bet. This is the game you would <laughs> yeah, do it. Yes, that's certainly the case. All right, the Jets lead the league. <laughs> Let's look at New England at Denver. Denver minus six and a half. Did we ever think that when Denver was losing seventy to twenty? That we, you'd be laying almost a touchdown against Bill Belichick. So I have something really strong on this game. Okay, All right, we're in Las Vegas, and the Circa Survivor Contest. Ninety-three hundred hopeful souls to start the year. We are down to ten. I'm lucky enough to have a fourteen percent share hey, hey. of my man, L.A. Jones, special okay. L.A. Special Delivery Jones, named after a wrestler. Uh-huh. Um, but. By our latest estimates, at least six people we expect to take the, the Denver, Denver Broncos. Broncos. If not seven, these are Mike Palm's numbers, um, who works for Circa. So here's where I'm going. Every one of these guys has implied value of $1 million. Do you think they're going to hedge some? They're going to have to. By playing the money line back? They're going to have to. So that number, as Scotty said in Star Trek, we're on impulse power only, Captain. She's bound to drift. And that money line is bound to drift because the impact, especially at Circa Sports, where they're giving credit to these players in Circa Millions, they're going to have to bet the Giants on the money line. Um, uh, the, 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 uh, the Patriots. The Patriots. I'll get to the Giants. They're going to have to bet the Patriots, and they're going to bet a lot of it, not plus the six and a half. They're going to bet the money line because they aren't going to be capitalized enough to fully hedge their exposure, and it's the purest form of, of, um, of hedging. So if you like the Broncos in any way, shape, or form, I would wait, and I would think you're going to get a very attractive money line on the Broncos in Las Vegas because there is going to be so much hedging going on in the oppo direction. Now, are, I guess I don't know if I want to ask you this, or I don't know if, I, if you'll want to answer it. 
is your uh, is your team playing the Broncos? You know, I would have no problem if it was my entry talking about what we were going to do. But I, okay. but because I am not directing that entry, and I'm only acting as a minority partner, and it's my my guy, Special Delivery Jones has done damn well without any help from me until week 13. So it is solely up to him, and I'm not at liberty to discuss what exactly he may do. Did okay. You not, did you not buy in until week 13? I did not. I did not buy in until like three weeks ago. Okay. So, but 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 um, at that point I started. You've been involved since week thirteen. Yes. And yeah. did you did approximately? It might be. Yeah. Oh, so that's three weeks ago. It was week yeah. thirteen. So yeah. that's when you bought it. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. I've did been you buy in because he needed capital to hedge? Yes, we went into discussion, and 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 when you think about it, I am uniquely qualified, biased, I might add, because I'm me and I'm evaluating me. But I am uniquely qualified in this instance because not only can I prov- provide um, an opportunity to to go ahead and purchase shares in. But I'm a one-stop shop. So what Greg has been doing, and this is actually brilliant. So he's like, Fez, do you want uh, – I didn't just buy 14%. So I've been buying up a part of his portfolio. And then I owe him money because I bought that portfolio. And do I give him that money? No. He has that money on account, and I can help him get down on hedge bets. And because I have 100,000 different accounts – well, I have a lot of them – that I almost – in every case, can get him a better price than he could in his hedges. So he's using the capital that he's. Um, uh, it, it's very similar to, to a company where he's yeah. he's going ahead and mortgaging part of his circa survivor to have with me to invest in hedging. Okay, so here's my question, then, and, and obviously because you don't want to say who you guys are looking at. So let, let me just ask in a hypothetical: If you say there's six out of ten who you think are going to be on the Broncos. In a hypothetical world, if you're not one of those six, does it make sense for you to have some investment in Denver money line as sort of a a hedge? Like because like if those if those six teams advance, you know your uh your the the price of your stock isn't as high. Exactly, and and actually we should reach out to this one of the to the people who are hedging. Think about this. If you like, maybe hedge them. Cause, like, cause, would that circumvent the book? Because they want to bet anti Denver, and we want to bet pro Denver. So obviously there should be some agreement that can be put into place, and we are actively looking into that. Especially, look at this. It's a standalone Sunday night game. Yeah. On top of it, so there's time to like, but but the problem with all this is that this all works great when you're betting one thousand, two thousand, three thousand, which still can be, as you know, AJ, a pain in the ass to collect upon. Yeah. Um, based upon our histories with things, think about when it becomes ten and twenty and thirty thousand, yeah. fifty thousand amounts, and the key people. The number one thing about hedging, I want to emphasize, that everyone gets wrong. I always hear this question from the content providers, and and I'll, and I'll throw them all under the bus. The blackjack authors tend to be very good. Uh, the poker authors phenomenal because almost all the poker authors actually play for a living. But these content providers, they don't bet sports seriously. They're just pulling it out of their ass, you know, just throwing stuff out. The question is not do you hedge or not. The question is what percentage do you hedge. It is rarely wrong when you have life-altering money to say I'm going to hedge something. But you don't have to hedge the whole thing. Right. You can just say like, okay, my entry is worth a million dollars. I don't have to bet a million dollars as a hedge this week. But you know what? It would be kind of stupid not to bet something, even if it was only like 50000 I think like you say, hey, you know what? I, my, my entry fee was 1000 Let me walk out of here with 50000 in profit. That seems like a reasonable number you know, to say, okay, you know, let, let, me, let me put that down. Um, but the problem with that is that 
if I put in fifty thousand this week, I got I got to put in a hundred thousand, two hundred. But but then again, my equity in this contest keeps going through the moon as people are eliminated, as long as they are indeed eliminated. Yeah, and you helped me out, especially the the first year that I did uh, the last man standing, as I got like really close. I, I I didn't. I wanted to make sure that I walked away with a healthy number. Um, because it's it's a very low investment contest, and and ideally, what happens is you've got equity in a contest like that. Maybe it's worth like there's 25 people left, hundred thousand first prize. It's worth 25. At that point, it's worth 2,500. And you say, you know, let me bet 800 anti uh, Fresno or whoever we're on, and and you there's a, and there's some and there's a <laughs> shot that you can middle it too. So so the, yeah. so the game lands ten, and you just fiddle in the middle. You scoop the pot, and you win your hedge bet. You know, and that that happened. Like I played Cleveland minus two and a half last week, and I had Bears plus three and a half. Well, that goes a long way when you hedge one of your millions picks, you know, and you go, you know, three and two millions, but you go three and two on your hedge bets also. And, and both times that I made it, like I, I finished 11th one year and 32nd the other year, or there were 32 people left when I got knocked out in 11, I made 25, 30x my investment. So yeah, I mean, you want to you want to profit something. Yeah, you don't want to walk away. Even again, a low investment, not psycho- like a thousand, but psychologically, it was, you feel like an ass. Like you 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 yes. ride this. Now, Stewie Unger, yeah, and it's at it, it, that contest, you have to go into the casino every week. Like you can't put it in on an app. You have to l- literally walk up to the counter. Fill fill out the little bubble form like it's an SAT and hand them your bubble form. So annoying. It, I mean, it is yeah. now, now. Now, Stewie Unger famously was was so anti hedging that one time in a gin tournament where he had, but this is true in Hold'em also, where first prize was like five hundred thousand, second prize was two fifty, and a guy said, "You want you want to just chop this." And Stewie's like, I tell you what, why don't we just play winner take all for the seven fifty? <laughs> well, yeah, he was pretty good at gin, from no what doubt. I understand. He so did that's... counted down to double deck and told you the ten of diamonds was the last card. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. pretty good. All right, let's. Uh, Oh, one game we, left. Did we finish talking New England Denver? Yes. Yes. Um, I've got something on this. I like the under in this game. New England Denver. Yeah. Okay. Um, think about the Broncos are so ultra conservative offensive offensively. Like we've talked about the uh, the turnover luck and how they're not turning the ball over. So the thought is, and RJ said this a few times, they are playing a style of offense that leads to not having variance. They're not taking chances. They're not making mistakes. So if we know that the Broncos are playing an ultra-conservative game offensively, particularly early on, and you know that New England is not an explosive team offensively, why wouldn't? Why don't you think that's going to be the case the whole game? I think there's going to be a lot of running clock. Um I and the other thing is Bailey Zappi, since he's been the quarterback, has leaned so heavily on the tight end position. Hunter Henry's been very good since Zappi took over. Well, the Broncos are getting back Kareem Jackson from suspension because Kareem Jackson is a uh, an overhitter, uh, as people would say. He he's a little overly aggressive, and got suspended. He's back. He is their number one guy against tight ends. He's their tight end coverage guy. Very good at what he does. I think you take away that safety blanket, it makes it harder for Zappy to do much of anything. So I, I like the under in this game more than a side. I got to tell you also, the 34 and a half makes me tend to agree. Like we talked about that with Atlanta, Carolina. It's so counterintuitive yep. that at some point when the total is below 37, both teams know, hey, if we don't F, if we F it up, we lose because we'll just turn it over. So let's be ultra conservative 
And look at no further than that Carolina Atlanta game. Yeah. Where both teams absolutely played not to lose. And ultimately, uh, the team that made the last mistake lost. Although that was pretty heavily weather assisted. It certainly was. But, you know, that's why we got 16 points instead of 26 points. Still yep. would have gone under. All right. Last game the New York Giants plus 12 at the Eagles. And this to me is a lot like the Chiefs Raiders game. I am not very interested in laying a huge number with the Eagles, who I, I've said out loud I, I don't think are as good as the market thinks they are. But they should absolutely blast this Giants team. I, like, I worry a little about the headspace of the Eagles when Jalen Hurts is going to the podium and questioning his teammates' commitment. I, we, just, we said this on SOV. That commitment word, when you're on a team, like if you start questioning commitment of your teammates – there's not much worse you can say. Like, I, I don't know what word you could say that's more aggressive than questioning someone's commitment. I'd like to apologize right now on my commitment on some of the podcasts this year and coming uh-huh. in a little bit late. So, I, uh-huh. um, yeah, um, hmm, that one hit home. Um, <laughs> but let me commit to good advice on this game. I talked about the Survivor. Uh-huh. Well, Circus Survivor Christmas week, I believe it is Christmas this week. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. It is. There's a Christmas a week and a Christmas B week. And the Christmas B week is on Monday. Three games to choose from. Ten survivors. Eight of them have Philly left. Correction. Nine have Philly left. Two have Kansas City left. Okay. So, at a minimum, eight. If everybody survives, there's going to be eight Philly guys looking to hedge the crap out of this game. Same concept as Denver. You're going to see a drift. You're going to see a cheap Philly money line at Circus Sports because you're going to see people going ahead and taking the New York Giants on the money line. And when you say at Circa Sports, do you I mean do you think it's going to be particularly good at Circa or as we, like we talk about all the time, usually people look at what Circa's got and then they just copy it. It's going to be at Circa and the reason being is that Derek Stevens and his folks are being extremely liberal about extending credit okay. to people. I don't know what this the, – hey, I'm not a dollar loan center guy. You yeah. know, I like Chuck, and I like his ads here locally. He explains – the banks have no idea what to do. you got shitty credit. You can get $2,000, and your first loan is free, Scott. Um, so the, uh, the bottom line is that uh, you get your credit, and you want to go ahead, and you, your, your entry is worth a million bucks. It's already week 16. You're two weeks from the, the, from the finish line. It's so easy to say, you know what? I'm just going to put 50 grand down on the Giants at um, five to one or six to one or whatever number Circa's offering. You know, yeah, maybe someplace else has seven to one, but my credit is at Circa. And so that's going to cause that number to come down to the point. I'd be surprised if the Eagles' money line at Circa wasn't way cheaper. The cheapest line all year long. The one exception, of course, in college football. Bonus play here. Whoever gets this right, I'm going to pay $100 right oh now. Oh, boy. College football, what was the best favorite money line bet of the year? Whoever gets it right first. Uh, Big oh, favorite. Oregon. Oregon against two. Washington. Incorrect. Oh, wow. Scott, you get a free roll for 100 bucks. As soon as I say it, you're going to be like, oh, God damn it. That was, was it, so obvious. Was it Oregon against Oregon State? <laughs> Thank you for playing. We have some nice consolation yeah. plays. But wait, we have Dan. I'm going to give Dan the opportunity, a college football favorite. I can't look at your phone. Money line. What was the number one value all year long? 
So they all miss. Nobody gets $100, and I'm going to give them. You guys are just not ready for prime I think, time. You're uh, not Colorado. Colorado. Damn. Remember wow. when Colorado Number was 19 in the country. Oregon, and yep. they were at Oregon, and they money line on the very capable Oregon team. You had the team right, so you almost yeah. got it right. But that I believe we were laying like minus eight hundred on like a seventeen point favorite or something yeah. like that. No, you're right. I, I, I don't know why I didn't think same of that. T- same concept applying. That makes wow. sense, uh, Scott. You have a feel for this game. I, like I'll be honest, to me and you. Prime you you tell me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Devito looked like he was supposed to look. Yeah. Like Devito yeah. looked like the bad college quarterback that he was. All of a sudden, uh, I think the Eagles are probably going to blow him out. Um, in three of their last four games against the Giants, they've won by at least 24 points. The Giants are 10-4 and four to the under this season. Since 2020, the Giants are 44-20-2 to the under this season. They're not scoring. Defense is playing decently. But you mentioned it before, AJ, with, with Jalen Hurts kind of calling out his teammates. This feels like a get-right spot. Also, they're back home. Okay, The Eagles just had a rough stretch Going, you know, the playing the 49ers at home, they get blown out, but then they go to Dallas and they lose that big NFC East game. And then they have to go cross country to Seattle and they lose a tough Monday night game. Home cooking is going to do them well. And the game being Monday has to help, so it's not a short week. Yeah, I think that this is a good get right spot for Philly. I agree with the line will being they boost, this high. Will they boo Santa? <laughs> now they're gonna cheer him. That was uh, that was before your time when they booed the yes, Santa Claus. That was like in the late seventies. I've seen it. All, I've mm-hmm. seen the, the clips of it. Did you ever see? Didn't this? they throw batteries at Santa? Did you see this? Snowballs. Snowballs. You know, batteries. I, my, my one of my sports fantasies. They talk about throwing batteries. Dave Parker was underperforming, and they threw batteries at him in Cincinnati when uh-huh. we, we traded for him. This guy's like enormous and so powerful, and he's hitting all these singles. And I heard they were throwing batteries at him. My my dream as a child when I was like 16 was to bring a car battery to it to an arena and throw a car battery at, at a Dave Parker at right field I mean I wouldn't be able to throw it far enough to hit him but wouldn't that be funny he threw a battery at the play <laughs> a car battery I mean at the Cobra of all people there's something so suspicious about a guy that strong hitting all those singles it's like the Cobra was on something and it was not uh, steroids he was a uh, he was a he was a good player Dave Parker underrated player but there was a San Diego Charger game I believe against this was in it, maybe this was New York where they're throwing the snowball game I think mm-hmm. this was the Giants where they threw like snowballs and they hit one of the coordinators uh, the, the, for for the Chargers, one of the assistants, right in the head, and he went down like it, and like literally, they had a picture in the paper, and this guy who threw the snowball, they had it like like literally the the most clear picture of who it was releasing the assailant snowball. Him? Yeah, I mean, it's like the guy they had throwing the beer at uh at the Malice in the Palace. Yeah, can't can't get away with it. I digress. RJ is away. I apologize. Uh, all right. The, Lots of caffeine tonight in my drink, too. Yeah, it happens. Um, that's The other thing about the Eagles is last week was the first time in like six weeks that they actually outplayed their opponent. And oh, I, they they clearly. And they lost, but I mean. They should have won by seven. And then when they were up four, and we talked about that game snowballing back and forth between three and six and how everyone who was who bet that game that was a sharp better was about to scoop and make a fortune and then somehow they couldn't defend against Drew Locke. 
Yeah, I, I think that the fact that the Eagles finally outplayed an opponent, and they've, they've won a lot of games where they got outplayed mm-hmm. thoroughly. Uh, Buffalo, Kansas City, they, they, they were the worst team in those games, and they yeah. got wins. I think that uh, them actually feeling like they were the better team and, and taking an L probably uh, makes them a good buy here. So um, that's it. That's all the games, Fez. Well, we have really? RJ selections. We officially. do have them. Are you all ready? Right. I'm ready. Let's go. All right, here we go. RJ's five weight, the Miami Dolphins. Oh. Miami Dolphins. He's with you. He's with me. The Miami Dolphins, RJ's five weight. RJ's four weight, the Baltimore Ravens. That's right. with AJ. That's with me. Mm-hmm. RJ's three weight, kind of with me, the Chicago Bears. The Bears. RJ's. He loves the Bears. Two weight. Every week he talks about how much he likes the Bears. RJ's two weight is the under 37 and a half in the Jets Commanders Ooh, game. There we go. I kind of that's the one that I kind of like the over. Well, RJ's on the under there. And his one weight is the Chargers in the first quarter plus three points. I like that. So again, RJ Bell, five weight Miami, four weight Ravens, three weight Bears, two weight under in the Jets Commanders game. One weight Chargers first quarter plus three. Let me. You said you like that plus three in the first quarter. I tend to lean the opposite way because to me this feels like a game where the Bills want to get an early lead and sit on it. And it's I mean, it's hard to win a quarter. You got to you got to get a touchdown. It's hard to get a touchdown in the first quarter. You can kill a team if if if, if you lose the opening coin toss. You need you need to get a. Well, you don't need to get a stop. You can't give up a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Then you need to score a touchdown, and then you need to not give up a score if you gave up a, a field goal to start because you get three possessions to start the game. So literally you get one kick at the can. You need the touchdown to cover if you don't win the coin flip. All right. That's tough. So that's RJ's five through one. Uh, my five through one is Pittsburgh, my five weight. My four weight is Jacksonville. My three is Kansas City laying the wood. My two is Miami, and my one weight under 19 and a half Arizona Cardinals team total. My five weight is the Cleveland Browns minus two and a half. Four weight is Tennessee plus two and a half, uh, but I would wait till Tannehill is announced the starter to bet that. Three weight, I am going with the Tampa Bay minus one. Two weight, this is my Nakatomi <laughs> artillery over of the year, over two weight, uh, 36 and a half, Green Bay, Carolina. And then one weight, Baltimore, San Francisco, over 47, happy action, fun time with the two best teams in the league. Uh, my five weight is Minnesota plus three, four weight, Cleveland minus two and a half, three weight, Baltimore plus five and a half, two weight, over 47 in Baltimore, San Francisco, and one weight, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The hitman is on Minnesota plus three. And Dave Essler, San Francisco's team total over 26 and a half. That leaves only one thing to do, Fez. Hey, hey, let's be careful out there. Talk to you next week. 